What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the UGA Sports Post Game Overreaction Show. Roddy, <laughs> this was an ass kicking, man. 48 7, Georgia over South Carolina. We'll get into a, some overreactions, but the first overreaction is this was a total ass whooping. Uh, Should have been a shutout. They let up a, a touch on the end there, but goodness gracious, was Kirby Smart out for blood? Yeah, it was like, oh, well, you know, they're, they're friends and they're buddies. And I'm like, okay, well, they're friends and buddies. Remember, he's friends with Sam Pittman. He's friends with Dan Lanning. He's friends with Chris Hatcher. He beat those guys 119 to three. So you think he's not going to drop a, you know, try to drop 50 something to nothing on uh, Shane Beamer, a guy he's cordial with, their colleagues, their former staffers together. But no, they, I'm not saying Kirby hates the guy or anything like that, but he's, it's not the same relationship that he has with Dan Lanning. You know, that they're, you know, go back to the whole, you know, the fact that while he was Shane Beamer was in town, he never signed a recruit. You know, you're here for three cycles and you can't get anybody signed. That's not, <laughs> that's not going to get you on Kirby Smart's good side. And, you know, you leave basically and you have some parting shots about work life balance or some stuff like that. You know, Kirby is, Kirby's a worker, Kirby's a grinder, and he wants to know that you've put in your recruiting chops man who, who did you call today who did you text today who did you do this and he, he, a lot of people just don't like that kind of lifestyle so and kirby's got zero zero um uh patience for that so i'm not saying they parted on bad terms but it wasn't the same and then uh you know they go head to head in recruiting and kirby wants some kids in south carolina and he doesn't want south carolina to get anybody so he's gonna lay the hammer down again he whips the ass of his best friends paul i mean sam Pittman, he loves Kirby Smart loves him. Kirby Smart shut him out with that good Arkansas team last year. So, yeah, they went into uh, williams Bryce Stadium. And you notice they were up 38-0 throwing 60-yard passes. So, it was brutal. Yeah, 48-7 uh, to seven was the final score. If you're just not joining us, guys, this is the post-game of reaction show. We're going to overreact about some stuff. We'd love for you guys to do so as well in the comment section. You can do it also by joining us. The link in the, is in the description on both Facebook and YouTube. So you can join in, give us your thoughts on this just absolute beat down 48-7. We also, as always, Roddy, we want to know where everybody's watching from here on the show. So if you're watching, go ahead and comment. We'll get you up on the screen. Let us know where you're watching from. I think Eddie, uh, who joins us normally, went to the game. Uh, so he might be on with us later. But there weren't a lot of people left in that stadium. <laughs> that was, that was the, first, the first shot, Roddy. Like I was, I was like, damn, everybody's got towels, sandstorms playing. The place is jumping a little bit, right? Yeah, that sandstorm. And let's, as annoying as that whole sandstorm thing is, you got to give them credit because you, you're okay. You're waving oh, yeah. a little white towel, but I've been there and they have the speakers. It is incredibly loud. The fans are loud, but the, the towel waving is choreographed. It's up and then it's down and it's, it, mm -hmm. it's impressive. Um, people can crap on them all they want, but it is a great home venue. You notice, uh, and I was pointing this out on our watch along show, Coach Donna. You never see any photographers or video people in the end zones. You know, they're always on the side because the end zones are so close. You yeah, can't, those, they have hedges over there too. They do. They have hedges, and there's no room to. Uh, we saw one of the ESPN camera guys. He was kind of around the corner there. He got taken out on Lad McConkey's fade route. You know, it's just uh, there's no room in there. The point being is because the damn fans are right on top of you. So they're screaming and it's incredibly loud. 
And, you know, they, their first play of the game, they had uh, completion to the tight end over the middle, first down, the place gets louder, and then all of a sudden they, you know, go um, – they have to punt it. And Georgia drives 90 yards and scores a touchdown. It gets a little bit quieter, then Georgia scores again and again. And you're right, man, by the third – I know actually that Anthony Dasher at UJ Sports uh, tweeted a video uh, in uh, like the – Second quarter, towards the end of the second quarter, all the fans that they go around those things and were walking out to the cars. And he's like, I guess yeah. I got something better to do. I'm gonna shout out some folks in the comments here uh, while we get going. We've got Derek Walker watching us from Augusta. We got Daniel Aldrich from Florida. We've got Thanks, Michael Daniel. Lowry from Milton, Florida. Michael Jones says, I've never seen the stadium that empty watching from Snowville. Yeah, that was that was rough. Uh, we got Tammy over in South Carolina saying go dogs. Sacramento, California for Chuck Snipes. How's the weather out there, Chuck? I bet it's, I bet it's nice. Uh, let's see here. Go dogs from the Georgia National Championship. Uh, go dogs from Texas, DL. And uh, th- yeah, we are going to get to this, Omari. How funny was the students in the end zone? I do want to talk about that. I don't know if you caught that, Roddy, or not, but uh, it, was, it, was, it was pretty funny. Uh, I did not. I do want to mention, hey, real quick, uh, our friends at uh, the Rogue Shop. Yes, sir. The Rogue Shop dot com. Uh, that's where you can get those fantastic uh, gummies. <laughs> They're really fun. And of course, our friends at ASW Distillery. Uh, we'll talk about them later in the show. But uh, shout out for them for sponsoring the post game over reaction show. It means a lot to us. And of course, our buddies at the Seven Six Media at Seven Six Apparel. Yes, sir. Seven Six yes. Media. Well, he probably needs to start a media company. So probably does. Uh, you got somebody waiting in the waiting room, right? Let's go ahead and bring him on. Uh, bring him on, Anthony. What's up, Anthony? Hadn't heard from you in a while, my friend. How are you? Hello, guys. What's going on, man? Nothing. Um, I, I'm going to keep it PG. I remember I got yelled at last year. <laughs> oh yeah, you did. You did. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. It's um, all good. Dude. It's we're overreacting, right? So I'm I'm overreacting to the fact that Oregon looks really good right now. Yeah. Well, we were told they were overrated, Anthony. I uh, know. I'm saying, yeah, they, they they look really good, but that's the overreaction. Yeah. It's still Bo Nix behind center. So, so you watch today, and and Roddy, what I wanted to know from you, and uh, what what do you prefer? Would you prefer having a sack or an interception? Uh, well, it, to me, it depends on where on the field. Well, yeah. no, I mean, well, what I'm saying is, would you rather an automatic turnover? Or a chance to get the ball back, because we mm-hmm. we could we could sack, you know, uh, uh, Spencer rattled, but they rattled. they obviously fake punted us. But with the two interceptions, well, we have three what three interceptions that accumulated to twenty one points this year and one sack. All twenty one of those points would have won all three of the last fo- three football games we won. That's a great yeah. point. I think I. Th- I don't know if I'm not going to answer for Roddy. I'd take the interceptions all day long. Thank you. No. no because sometimes a, a long interception is just a punt. Right. I know that. But if you look, so, but that's not, you're not, you're not guaranteed. We've guaranteed ourselves 21 points off those interceptions. True. But let's say you get a two yard sack. Right. And now some, yeah. uh, it's like, okay, that, that kind of sucks. And yeah, we want the interception, but if their team's getting in within, you know, the field goal position or something like that, uh, you can get take the sack. And all of a sudden, they're out of field goal position, and you know, it's like, okay, well, we could have got the interception, yeah, but you get the interception like your two yard line. In other words, right. sometimes a long interception on the your end of the field is just basically. I get it. It's like it's like a, it's like a punt. It's, there it's are times where yeah, uh, 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 hey, a sack, you know, that takes them puts them behind the chains. Now you know. Now all of a sudden, it's fourth 
and they got to punt it to you anyway. Plus, you get the sack, and it, it screws up their whole. You know, uh, they're like, "Oh crap! Okay, now we got to worry about uh, Pop coming through the A gap again because he got too late." Uh, but to your point, play of the game, in my opinion, fantastic plays everywhere. We saw the stuff that Brock Bowers did, but the play that made me happiest was to see Tresman Marshall. Uh, Dude, did he not look like Trayvon? We got in trouble. Davis team up. One hits the quarterback, one gets the interception. Two guys who showed up with, between them, I think, 37 shoulder injuries, 45 leg injuries. I mean, just just guys who were just been beat up their entire put together when they got here at Georgia, here in Athens. And for both of them to go out there and one of them just to get a a kill shot on a QB and the other get an INT and a run back, best play of the whole game. Yeah, both of those guys, I think they got NIL deals with Aflac. (laughs) <laughs> oh, Anthony. Sorry. Anthony. Fair. So, Fair. No, that's that's cool. I mean, <laughs> but let me let me let me ask you, you know, we've had some issues running between tackles and Kendall Kendall, uh, you know, he ran hard, but he looked like he was getting tripped up really early. Did Dejan did Dejan and Branson look like our best running backs today? Dejan did. Branson looked good. McIntosh. Did they say something on the broadcast that I missed? They didn't. They didn't. No, I think they, they never did. Took, I think they. I think they took McIntosh out. Uh, I don't. Was he the decoy this week? Because Browers was the decoy that week one. Uh, somebody else had to be the decoy week two, and then I think Kendall or uh, Kenny McIntosh was the decoy week three. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They didn't. They didn't say anything about Kenny Mac. I also didn't. I think I did see him on the sidelines. So I mean, he was there. Um, but the and way Branson, the brand, yeah, he, he, oh yeah, he he had uh four carries for twenty yards. Then he had yeah. a catch for let's see here, he had one catch for fourteen yards. Yeah, um, with two targets. Was your leading receiver through two games, you know? Yeah, makes Anthony makes a good point though. Might have been in like a little decoy scenario there where you know they didn't go to him as much this game, and they can put him back in, uh, you know, and play him a little bit more next game. I'm, I'm glad Anthony brought that up, though, because I was actually going to bring that up. That Kendall Milton. Were. I was, 1,000%. Kendall Milton, to me, man, I don't know. I, I'm still not sold, Roddy. I'm not. He can run. He can run straight. He ran. He had 10 attempts today, 32 yards, 3.2 yards a carry. That is not what we're used to seeing at the University of Georgia from who's supposed to be the go-to in between the tackles running back Branson Robinson, on the other hand, yes, he was going up against probably the second team for South Carolina. He has that second gear that I haven't seen out of Kendall Milton. I don't know if it's Kendall still trying to fight off maybe like some psychological things with his injuries, which where he doesn't want to hit it as hard as he can, but Dejon and Branson both look like uh, better running backs than him today. I'm just saying, if we're overreacting, that's what that's where my overreaction was. They both uh, they both look better than him. Milton goes down. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Milton goes down too easily. I'm just I'm just saying that's you're yeah. gonna need somebody to run in between the tackles. It might have to be Branson come later on in the season. Yeah. And the last one, and then I'll leave because I know you guys got one, one more in here, one more people in here, because you guys are the best YouTube content for Georgia football in period. 100 percent my man you guys you guys you guys kill it and uh, Robbie would honestly be dead if you did take a shot every time coach called the play uh, yeah he was on today I I swear to God I thought he had a headset on he called he must have called 
25, 30 plays. They should do prop bets. You guys get, should get prop bets with the with coach. <laughs> how many? Oh, how many plays he calls in, and then how many plays he calls yeah. right? That'd be how fun. many calls right? We, we, yeah, we can have a little market on those. Market yeah, on the wall get, get, yeah. yeah, get Dane to get a little whiteboard back there. All right, coach yep. calls the play. Is it right? And then he puts yeah. it over there. That'd be dope. <laughs> I'd be down with that. So, but the, la- the last one is we didn't have A.D. Mitchell and we didn't have Reed Gilbert. And Georgia put up should have been 50. I know Denylon Morissette missed that pass. Yeah. Uh, in the end zone. Carson Beck, to me, looks uh, heads and shoulders of where he looked last year as a, God, as a backup. Yes. How, no, how, how, they let him run the ball. On a keeper. Yeah. Yeah. And he I dropped mean, his shoulder into a guy. No he did. He did. Evan. And Stetson's, Stetson's block it, with Bowers' first touchdown is the best block of the week. And I'm going to say that's the most overreaction that I can get. <laughs> Anthony, real quick before you go, because you, I love having you on. You, you bring a really cool aspect to the show. Would you be, and heaven forbid this happens, because we're going to talk about Stetson, run, Stetson running for Heisman in the show. Would you be comfortable with Carson Beck having to lead your team the rest of the year? if Stetson were to go down, like, is that, is that big of a transition or is it just kind of like a a step ahead? Where, where are you at with that? I'm actually pretty comfortable with it. The way that uh, Munkin is scheming guys open, whether it be in the quicks, whether it be in the pop passes or the, the, maybe the two reads, the way the offensive line is pass blocking, I would be more than comfortable with the way that Carson is playing the game and seeing the field is his, his velocity on the balls look really good, and I think he put. He, not only does he throw a catchable ball, but anywhere on the field, Brock Bowers is going to catch it. So if you throw it near him, he doesn't even be on the same hash, and he'll still get it. That's a really good point. I, Again, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't want anything to happen to Stetson. I'm just curious where the fan base. Yeah, is yeah. No, 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 no. I felt more comfortable this year uh, about the backup situation, even over last year. And I know JT was the starter, and nobody really knew what Stetson was going to do. But once Stetson went, uh, became the starter, JT, when he came in, didn't look all that good. It was kind of like a role reversal where, in, in hindsight, Stetson was the better backup, but he was also the better starter. You know what I mean? I know it sounds really, yeah. really weird. Uh, well, but. I think uh, Carson getting out there, you see why he had that big arm and why everybody was so high on yeah. him. He didn't yeah. look like that last year, or he would have no. been – JT no. Daniels backup, but when he nope. got under the bright lights and practice on that Tuesday, uh, yeah. before I think the UAB game, he did not look like that. Now he's come a long way, looks a lot better, and I think it's a fantastic idea that he runs. Now, what was one of the reasons Stetson Bennett was stayed around as your QB when JT was healthy was that mobility factor. You know, the yeah. the the backside guys crashing in, you know, just teeing off on your offensive line because hey, we're not worried about the quarterback running. Carson Beck. Taking one around the edge like that. So if he gets in, and you don't have to, you don't have to be a running quarterback. You just have to have that threat. Yeah. And you saw that uh, even with Spencer Rattler, there's one where he rolled out to his right, and what did you see? But Nolan Smith go occupy a spot, and yep. just say, "Look, uh, I got to respect the run." I, yep. You know. But if you had JT in there, they didn't respect the run. They're like, "This is never going to happen." Yep. So now it's all of a sudden like you've lost a blocker, you've lost a threat. So Carson doesn't have to do that. And to the hypothetical Paul brought up. If all of a sudden, let's say, hey, you're up against Kent State and you're bringing Carson Beck. Yeah. You know, you feel you still feel like you're going to put up another 16, 20, you know, 35 points because he's going to run it. I mean, he, he's going to run the offense. He's going to fling it. 
but he's got to make you feel better because it's not like all of a sudden you've gone from that dual threat, you know, worrisome guy to a pure pocket passer because Carson's like, hey, plays like he did in high school. I'm threatening yeah. my legs. And then, yeah. God, coach was freaking out. He really wanted to see Brock Vandegrift run it because he's like, let's just let him run over some people. And I'm like, didn't he you know, do that last week? If you're breaking down film, all of a sudden. Yeah, he, did it last, he did it last week against Sanford. Yeah. He ran over. Yeah, he did it last week and almost died. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the fact that, like, like you said, Roddy, you don't have to be a uh, a Cunningham from Louisville like last night. You don't have to be guys like that. You can just be a threat. I mean, he picked up 18 yards and lowered his shoulder. He's yeah. not a little guy. I mean, he's no. he's a good-sized guy. So the fact that he's going – you know, the team sees that he's willing to put his body on the line to not only run the offense but do what the team wants the team to do. And that that's huge because – I had some I had some issues with him last year uh, in the UAB game where he threw the pick six and he didn't run after the kid. You know he he kind of slow poked yeah. it to the sideline and and I was I was upset about that. This year it it looks like he flipped a switch and he goes look I'm the number two. This is his team next year. I don't think Kirby's going to go into the transfer portal to get anybody to be a starter for next year, quote unquote starter. I think that the way that he's playing right now is uh, totally uh, negates anything from what my my past premonitions were about him. The kid looks good. George's offense is in good hands, and you know, and that's only saying it if for some reason Stetson goes down. Yeah. Yep. So. That's all. It is. Hey, that's why they let Zirkle kick. Yeah. Why you put in everybody? They're all kicking like, them out of the back of the end. Hey, zone. hey, Cash Jones, get in there and run a damn ball away because. Dude. And Pierce is a little lad. He's lost his starting right guard. He's lost uh, yeah. everybody. At some point, players get injured. He doesn't have his yeah. number one running uh, wide receiver right now. Yep. You know. So and Pierce Burling looks like a little lad out there. Yeah. Dude, he does. It's like it's like Kirby's just going to every like two or three at high school and go, "Who's your fastest white guy? <laughs> Let me you know? get him. Bring him here. Let me get him." So hey, but uh, thanks for the great job you guys do. And remember. That bullshit, sorry, that that um, he tried to pull with the with the kids in the back of the end zone. And when Kirby stopped him on that fourth down, he said, first down, mother, first yes, he down. He did. That, he did. And that was it. So I love you guys, man. Have a great night tonight. And go See dogs. You, See you, man. Who do you want to bring on next, Roddy? Uh, let's bring in uh, Blaine real quick, and then uh, we'll bring we'll on Eddie. Eddie. All right. What's up? Putting those uh, comments in there. How's it going? Do you have a helmet for every team? Every SEC team. How much money do you make, Blaine? <laughs> I don't. I pay it. Uh, you got. You put it on a credit card. Pay it off over time. <laughs> Is this in your house, by the way? I have so many questions because I don't get to be on the Rumors vs. Facts show. Is this your house? In my basement, man. Golly, must must be nice. I'm just trying to get like you, brother. That looks <laughs> incredible. I'm here against great. a green wall. Well, yeah, I have I have a thing that's supposed to fit for two people, and I got it's me. You know, I don't know. But uh, initial thoughts on the game, my man. What's up? I gave I gave South Carolina a little bit too much credit in my uh, score prediction. I think in terms of how many they would score, I thought they'd maybe get 14, maybe push it to 17. You know, late with like a backdoor cover or something like that, but total domination as dash's headline 
says, uh, you know, in his, in his story that he just put out ridiculous how well this, this offense is just, I mean, it's just so efficient that that's, that's the, the word that comes to mind. It, it's nothing that you see that you're just like blown away by, except for Bowers, uh, that Bowers is catch over the middle where he's literally stopped on a dime and, and made a guy look silly twice on the same play and then just runs away from everybody. I, I tweeted out joking. I said, I think Bowers is going to make the pro bowl this year. Like it's, it's ridiculous how good, how good that young man is. But other, other than that, they just do everything well. You know, they were, they were, they were gaining, the yardage you wanted to see on the ground when they ran it, they ran efficiently is what Kirby says a lot of times. You know, people ask about the running game and and things like that, and he's like, hey, you know, a lot of the passes that we throw are extensions of the running game, and when we do run, we're, we're getting the efficiency that we want to see out of it. So it's I think it's interesting uh, to, to see just how well everything's clicking along after some people expected there to be a big drop-off with all the talent they lost. Let's be fair. I mean, they lost eight guys on defense, you, can, you know, and you've had yeah. 15 guys drafted. You're like, well, man, you, you don't have James Cook. You don't have uh, Jamari Sawyer. You don't have, you know, Justin Schaefer. You're going to take a huge step back. And the first team has given up, what, three points on defense? And granted, I mean, it's this is a terrible South Carolina team. This was the biggest blowout in the series history. You know, that was uh, you played – Samford in game two. Now, I don't think anybody expected Oregon to be get their butts kicked like that, but this, I think it's, and folks who want to put this into the comments, let's get your thoughts. Is this team better than last year's? You know the defense isn't better, but the offense is. Your special teams are pretty good. Oh, you know, this is. Man, that's tough, Roddy. That's you, tough. You, you've upgraded some coaches? Monk, uh, I mean, Munkin looks like he could pretty much ask for any job next year that he wants. He's a wizard. Yeah, whatever whatever job he wants next year, he's got. Hopefully he stays at Georgia, right? You would hope. They sign with some big – He's guy. got a three-year deal. He's not going anywhere, to my yeah, knowledge. That's what they all say, right? And then they jump off. But I'm just well, saying he, – he, if When the deal ever comes out, I can't. I don't, I don't understand why it hasn't been publicized yet. But he's going to be probably the highest-paid uh, college assistant coach. I mean, yeah, right up in there. It's it's a ridiculous deal. He may have some uh, he may have some weapons uh, coming in from uh, Texas A and M. You know they they're all <laughs> they're all, they're all suspended uh, and and pissed oh, you off. Saw that. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot Evan, of money on the sidelines. Evan, Evan Stewart may end up deciding. You know what? Georgia was pretty good. I think I may be <laughs> going out there to Georgia. So be be interesting. But but no, he he's it, Munkin is kind of. As the kids say, he's in his bag right now. You know, he's just he's, he's he's everything he calls touches touches the gold. But that's also because he has a quarterback that is playing within within himself. Other than other than the the play where he tried to you know be Mike Vick against Samford and ran twenty yards backwards and took a sack, I think Stetson Bennett has has played about as flawlessly as he could play this year uh, so far. It, it's been it's been ridiculous. Speaking of ridiculous moves, I mean, I thought he I. I didn't know that you could plant your leg that hard into the juke move that he gave the number six uh, when he when he ran in on the on the on the touchdown on the scramble. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, the the quickness change of direction he has as well. And, and that's just, a block. Yeah, yeah. that's just an added that's just an added uh, weapon when you got to worry about you know 
you got to worry about Kyrus Jackson, Lad McConkey, you know, Brock Bowers, all these guys on the perimeter, Kenny McIntosh, and then, oh, well, they've got to spread out from sideline to sideline. Now Stetson's going to find a seam and, and, you know, run 15 or 20 on you, and that's just that's just kills your defense when they're able to do that against you. So I thought that was that that was interesting. But um, the, the other thing you mentioned is the defense better, uh, you know, it's not better in terms of the the experience those guys had, but the athleticism at linebacker, other than other than Quay Walker, has been upgraded. No, no, <laughs> no. I mean, Nicobe Dean. No, I'm no. telling you, Jamon Dumas Johnson is going to end up being better. Gonna I end lo- up- look, I love mm-hmm. I love Pop. How I've how been how a big proponent. And Smile Munden is a hellacious athlete. Hellacious he is, but- athlete. Mm. Quay Walker's the best. He Quay Walker. Channing Tindall. Quay Walker. Yeah. There's a reason Don't Quay Walker went in the first Don't round. There's a reason Quay Walker went in the first round. It's because and there's a reason he's doing great things for the Packers already over there. He's a freak I, athlete. I, I'm bringing. I'm bringing in Eddie because this is this. Hold on. Before I, you. I need before, some, I need some backup before, here, Eddie. Before we get. Before we get Eddie right quick, we got a big super chat here from Caleb Williams. Man, we appreciate it. Uh, he says Stetson looks like a new man this year. I was his big, biggest critic last year, but in this game in week one, I got no complaints. He's been on time and on target both games. Caleb, first off, we appreciate the super chat. Uh, and you're exactly right. I think you speak for most fans in the fact that there are a ton that were a huge critic of Stetson Bennett last week, last year. And, uh, I, you can't. You can't be a critic after the way he played against Oregon and South Carolina. I think you speak not only for yourself, Caleb, with that uh, 1999, but you speak for just about every other fan as well. And uh, that you've got to be, get behind him now. Now we've got to start the Heisman campaign, I think, Eddie. But what were we getting at? What, 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 did, uh, what was Blaine, Blaine 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 He's talking about the inside linebackers are being upgraded, Eddie, from what we had last year. I when you had three guys drafted. I said in athleticism – I promise you, they, these guys were better. Like other than Nicobe Dean, in terms of the five five star athlete, they're they're better recruits than, than when they came in. More heralded recruits, and they're going to end up being more athletic before they before they leave. You're supposed to take one of those at a time, man. I'm just telling you. <laughs> hey, what say you, Eddie? Well, uh, hey guys, y'all doing well? Yeah, great game. Yeah, so that uh, house is a lot smaller than the one that you live in. So I know you're probably out of town. I am up at uh, Lake Hartwell. Uh, oh, excuse the week. me, your lake house. Yes, yes, yes. No, not yes, mine. Yes. Not mine. Um, up here with some fraternity brothers, kind of celebrating a little reunion and watching the dogs. And uh, here you go, Roddy. We got uh, this with us. So nice. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Hey, pop the cork on that thing and tell us what you think later on. Yeah, yeah. I, I will. I'll tell you, you now. Go, you can go straight Stetson Bennett. Yeah, wow. I'll go straight Stetson Bennett. All the poppy stuff. Isn't that what it's called? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't I, I I get what Blaine's saying, but I think it's too early to say that, right? I mean, we got to let the year play out and then look at look back at it. Uh, I, I that's tough for me to wrap my brain around because Nicobe Dean was phenomenal and athleticism, it, not not, <laughs> not like athleticism. If so you look at combine numbers, when these guys go through, they're going to put up better combine numbers than Nicobe Dean and all those guys ever thought about. Nicobe didn't even do the combine. Exactly. Why, why did he not? Do it? <laughs> Why did he not do it? Because he knew it was going to hurt his draft stock. I think I think it was a shoulder, wasn't it? So, no, well, it was also that he couldn't, he can't, he couldn't get out and run like those like those guys can run. Well, hey, Dang. believe me, I, I hope you're right. I mean, if that pans out, we're in a great position. But 
uh, yard, Stetson Bennett, uh, he has 65 attempts, 49 completions, 75%, 176 quarterback rating, and three TDs. If this kid isn't first in Heisman right now, who is? He's, yeah. he's too short to win the Heisman. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Good point. Although he's taller than the guy that won it last year. He's taller than Bryce Young. <laughs> well, while, while I'm talking about us being up here, so the two biggest cheers that happened up here was one, Blaine already mentioned it, that run that Stetson had when he stuck his foot in the ground and totally jocked that guy to get in the end zone. We went bananas. The second loudest scream we had up here was when we made the interception and it looked like we were going to cause the shutout. The place yeah. went bananas up here. Yeah. And, and then they scored a touchdown – and it, it felt like we'd lost the freaking game. I'm exaggerating, but we were all, we had this pall over us. We were like, dang it, they scored a freaking touchdown. And we walked away from that game kind of with our head down in shame. That's where we are as a program. How ridiculous is that? That's so funny you bring that up, Eddie, because I was taking a shower right after the game uh, to get up here. I don't know why. It's, it's a routine. I get a shower, I brush my teeth. It's like I'm going to talk you, to somebody you else during the game, hey, right? Have the same pregame routine. Stetson said he takes a shower, brushes his teeth right before the game. There you go. Yeah, Dion said it best. You look good, you feel good, you feel good, you they you, you play good, you play good, they pay good. You know, so it just I want to I want to be all right when I get on camera. But as I was getting out of the shower, I was not thinking about football players in the shower. It was when I got out. Um and and uh when that I was getting clipped, out that has to be clipped out. We've got to take that out of there. When I was getting out. Oh, the shower. I said to myself, man, Georgia fans really have it going right now. Roddy, stop. I got I want to get to my point, man. He won't blather up. <laughs> oh. oh, shit. Um, what I was getting at, though, was there are so many times that Georgia's gone to South Carolina and you've hoped and prayed oh, God, for like yeah. a third down stop, right, to seal the game away. In this yeah. game, you're walking Mini away. Current. Like, yeah, just like, just like Eddie said. And they score at the last minute. You're like, damn it, man, this sucks. But in reality, you just won 48 to 7. Most of the time, you would just hope and pray you get out of that gnat infested city of Columbia with a victory. Instead, you're coming back home, it's 48 to 7. You're like, well, I guess uh, we're going to have to sacrifice David Daniel. You know, I, I don't know. Well, <laughs> the, the, we mentioned on the show earlier that the biggest victory or biggest blowout in this series was in 1894. Thank you, David McMahon, who said, you know, Georgia in their first meeting won 40 to nothing over South Carolina. Okay. So two centuries ago was the biggest uh, blowout. Today is 41 to seven. I mean, 41 point victory, 48 to seven. So the line was 24, which I know that Eddie's been around a long time. That's just mind-boggling because there were times that you were worried if you could score 24 in Columbia and you lost. Or there were times you couldn't score a touchdown, Roddy. No, absolutely. Game. Yeah, there, there's that streak where you didn't score, right? right. And then you were there when Rennie Curran had to save your bacon, you know, with the turnover at the last second. Uh, but you're going in this game, and I started getting paranoid right before, about an hour before the game. I'm like, we're all predicting Georgia's going to cover and cover easily. Every time – Everybody believes something's going to happen one way. It doesn't happen that way. Well, it did. And not only that, it happened more so. So maybe nobody believed it would be that much of a shutout. Uh, I think a lot of people in our pick on their score contest, people were picking 10 points, 14 points, 17 points, you know, 12, something like that. They got a garbage touchdown on the fourth string 
you know, got at the last second. So I'm with you, Eddie. This is the golden era. You're through three games. You've given up one garbage touchdown after losing, setting a record for guys drafted. And we have Blaine on here. Now, I'm teasing Blaine, but he knows he's forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. And if he says that Demos Johnson, Smile Munden, oh, Jalen Walker, Jesus, that guy's going to put up some ridiculous numbers. You might be right. You may have replaced the guys that you lost to the NFL draft with more athletic ones. So it is the golden age. Now, you guys know, but you, what's Kirby freaking out about? He's still th- freaking out about recruiting. He's still freaking out about, you know, make sure the Classic City Collective is able to go toe-to-toe with everybody else because he understands that you have to have those guys in the wings to reload if you want to play at this level. But, man, it feels good to go. Will, will we get all 24 points to cover? That's You doubled them up. as 48 nothing. Jesus. Hey, out of this game, though, think about this for a second. We had no injuries. That I that I knew of. I mean, Jalen Carter, I think, was injured pre before the game, so he's got a lower yeah. leg injury. I think that was before the game. No, no. injuries. No, yeah. he's 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 had like a a calf thing. Nah, that he's, he's never, he hasn't missed a down of practice. Hey, I know, I know. I'm just bringing it up. Whatever. No. We have two penalties in this game. Two. Yeah. Uh, let's see. It was fewer than fifteen that Texas yeah, had. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Alabama had against Texas last week. That's yeah, right. You had a you had a pass interference, pass interference. and then you had a, a personal foul on the kickoff. And then you also had an illegal formation. I don't right, know yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, went up for the punt. Yeah. Three, 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 three. Whatever. Three. three. Penalties. For 20 uh, yards. Right. And through 12 quarters of football, we have not turned the ball over. Oh, there's the jinx. Oh, well. yeah, good call, Eddie. <laughs> not on the team. Golden, <laughs> golden, is it the golden flash of Kent State? <laughs> going to get a pick on the first play next. No. Yeah, that's, that's the way. I think the ball security has been fantastic. Yeah. You know? when, See, when they need to be better because they're not giving us stuff to overreact over. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to have a talk with Kirby. Y'all need to screw some things up so that we can get uh, a lot of people in our, on our show and all pissed off. Apparently, you thought my take on the linebackers was an overreaction. So yeah, there it was. It Garbage was, it take, was. but, you know, it was. we can't fire you over it. Yeah, well, it's not a, it's not a fireball offense, uh, but it is. <laughs> it is, kind of is as athletic as they come, and Jalen Walker is more athletic than that. Yeah, and then and then uh, sorry is is tremendously athletic as well. Yeah. They've got. I mean, uh, just, hey, you're, you're probably right, man. You might be right, but you know, I'm going to give you hell over it, regardless. They're not as good as linebackers at this point, but they're more athletic. No, yeah, that's fair. Harry Leg, Leggy. Leg, Leggy says, Roddy, our dogs have fully ascended to elite status until UJ faces a near equal. I expect dog domination. I, that's, I put that on the screen and I should be letting Paul do that, but I saw that one pop up and it had my name in it. So I jumped on it, but I think he, he was echoing what Eddie said. It's just the fact that, you know, you're up 48, nothing and you get an interception to keep him from scoring and you're rooting for the shutout as hard as you are for just a, a injury-free walk away from Columbia road game on you know against the as an SEC opponent. Uh, I'm with you there. What, what I guys, love I'm a, about I'm, I'm gonna duck out real quick and let Dane come on here. All right. Oh no, I I I'll, I'll hop off right. I was, I was just coming in and talk about it a little bit. Y'all y'all let Dane come on. I'll I'll see you later. See you, Blaine. Have fun in that basement. <laughs> I'm going back Dude, up. That now. is a palace studio. I love it. Yeah can, yeah. Maybe that's next amazing. show you can like. Hey, show that's us why around. folks y'all gotta watch the. Uh, Monday night's uh, rumors versus facts show because that's uh, 
Is that yeah, are those so, are those helmets half or full helmets? They look like half helmets. No, okay. Glenn doesn't do like nothing halfway. He's, he's got one to fit every his entire head. He's got one. That's a, yeah, that's for a him, minute. Here's the, game I'm, here's the game I'm looking forward to. That's that's gonna be a nice Me little too. Me too. Me too. You have a Mississippi State one for Dane because Dane is looking forward to that one the most. No, uh, not. I mean, I got it, but it's down here. Oh, here. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's amazing. They're all seven eights. Hey, I'm just telling. I'm just letting you know, Blaine. The IRS hired a lot more people. They're gonna be audited. <laughs> don't don't try to write all this off, brother. Don't We're try good. to do it. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you guys later. See you, man. Let's get uh, let's get Dane in here. What's up, Dane? My brothers, let us cheers to the beginning of the Cash Jones era. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, look, he's got the fiddler. Eddie's got the Eddie, fiddler guy. Let's cheers the big bottles to Cash, man. So freak, like so somebody predicted he would get in the game. I wonder who that. Yeah, he wrote about three, two, one. Yeah, cool. Um. But I do want to point out that it is the most like braggadocious way to dominate an SEC opponent on the road to do it with Stetson Bennett and Dan Jackson and Cash Jones. And Lad McConkey. I was going more the walk-on route, but I see what you're oh, doing here. Okay. <laughs> I was going Eddie, another route. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie you, went, you went down a different way. But there, there was a time... There was a time that uh, they had like seven walk-ons, like Eddie was mentioning, in the game at all skill positions. It was quite remarkable. It's quite crazy. That's that's phenomenal. I'm impressed. That was just dominant. If people complain about that, then like whatever. Forty-eight to seven, Dane. You know how we do every time, man. Uh, uh, what's your initial thoughts? Uh, my initial thoughts were the Cash Jones era. I thought I made that pretty clear. So, Paul, I know people watch our stuff when I literally got four text messages and tagged in tweets when he got a carry. Because I think on one of our Sunday shows, people like heard me raving about like my dream was for Stetson Bennett to hand the ball off to Cash Jones. Now, Stetson didn't do it, uh, but that's fine. It was it was Carson Beck, which, man, look, I've been rough on Carson Beck, but like that was his best looking performance yeah. ever. Like, good. I, if that quarterback, and I get it, he wouldn't play against that level of competition all the time. That that can win SEC games, especially with that cast around him. So, um, overall, oh, I see Marcus in here. Yeah, where can you yeah. find some fiddler, uh, some fiddler? I'm already. Where on can it. you get that, Dane? Um, so you can get it a lot of places in Georgia for sure. Go to their website, aswdistillery.com, yeah, aswdistillery, or follow them on social media. I found it at Total Wine. Where I live, yeah, Total One has it. I mean, ABC packages have it. There's a ton of them out there. Um, I was in uh, Tall Boy in Athens. They have it. The, the Five Points Bottle Shop has it. Uh, the one, the bottle shop out in uh, close to the Publix on the east side of Athens has. It. Point being, uh, you know, they they have that tasting room in Atlanta. F3. We're in. We're F3. in uh, yeah, I was just saying. I was thinking of the one of the battery. We're I mean, here in Athens, an hour away from some of their stuff, and every bottle shop that I've been into in Athens so far has bottles, multiple bottles of Fiddler. So, 
I want to give them a shout out. And if you're not in the state of Georgia, that's cool too, because they're all over the Southeast. We were asking uh, our guy, Chad over there is like, Hey man, like what if someone, we have a lot of people that watch us out in Texas or California and, in select places, especially in those States, they have spots that you can go get it. Um, but go to like wherever you buy your things and say, Hey man, why don't y'all get some ASW distillery stuff in here? Uh, bourbon is, is what they're known for. But like if gin is your jam, they have that too. Uh, so just check out their social media stuff and tell your folks that here's something it, cool about AS, uh, ASW distillery as well. They sell the used barrels. So if you want that for like a furniture piece uh-huh. or something like that, yeah, you, not a lot of people do that. They sell them for either you can age, age your own beer, or other beverages in it or for furniture purposes. So that's just another cool thing they do over there. So uh, shout out, out to them shout out to Cass Jones I mean yeah. if you're a Georgia person you have to be so excited right now because to me not only is this team ahead of schedule from one that just won the national championship from this time last year it's better than that team and no, that doesn't mean they're going to win the title this year football's a weird sport crazy things can happen injuries can happen late season schedule can happen but this team is better than the win last year so I would be stunned if this team was not playing in the national championship game that's what the expectations are. Hey, can I can I get can I throw in an overreaction then, since that's what the show is? Yeah, man. Should we be concerned about the running game? Because no. you guys mentioned it a little bit. Well, let me finish. No. Uh, <laughs> so Kendall Milton and Kenny McIntosh, Paul. I heard you, your previous guest. I forget his name. We're talking about how he didn't run as hard. They didn't run hard as Dijon Edwards and Branson Robinson. But to me, the way those guys were running in the first half. It looked more like a line issue. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dane. They didn't seem to be opening good holes for those guys. There was a lot of bottlenecking in there. And, yes, I'm overreacting. I'm not really concerned about it. But I thought we should have run the ball better than we did against South Carolina. Who has an issue with that? I understand the criticism. I think if there's one, frankly, I saw a few times that, like, Kendall Milton just didn't commit to where he needed to run to, that he would have gotten more yards or first down. Like, to me, the problem is Kendall Milton should probably get fewer carries and Dejan Edwards should get more. Because from what I saw from Dejan, I'm like, that that guy's a difference maker. He's moving the chains better and faster than Milton. However, when you're doing what Coach Donnan calls the hammer and tong of, you know, there, there were a lot of four-yard carries today that kept drives going and alive. Mm-hmm. And Kendall Milton's good at that. So I, I don't mean to disparage him in that way. Um, I'm not worried about the running game. I'd like to see Dejan Edwards more because Kenny Mack, obviously, as a receiver, is the most dynamic, but – from what I've seen, Edwards may be the most shifty in terms of getting first downs and breaking away, getting through tackles. Um, he's not DeAndre Swift, but there's some shades of it there. Branson Robinson ran hard today. He looked good. I agree 100%. I believe that's a guy who, and again, I don't want to say that uh, Kendall Milton was timid, but it's almost like he wouldn't commit. He was looking for something else. But Branson Robinson just plowed straight ahead. It's like, hey, I don't, you know. I only get four yards, so be it, but I'm going to take somebody with me. And neither one of them, though, had the speed that Dejon Edwards did. Dejon has that uh, fifth gear, and he's just – I mean, well, he's small. So he's got that scat back speed, that Jaquez Rogers kind of look to him. And I just felt that both of those guys were a little more dynamic than – now, last week, you know, Kendall Milton, 85 yards on 10 carries is eight and a half a pop. That's fantastic. But last week he ran – the exact opposite of the way he did against Oregon. So Oregon is kind of that timidness. Last week he just committed and just plowed through people. This week is back to – and it wasn't on every run because he had one run where he was timid. The next one came back with, you know, like his hair was on fire. But 
it just seems to be that maybe he's looking for something or just, I don't know. Again, I'm not a coach by any means, but there were just some times where I was like, what, what's he doing? You know, I just didn't quite see that commit to that, you know, so that's going to make an offensive line look bad. Yeah. But you can't just always run it when you got big holes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm going to throw one more thing in here and let y'all move on to somebody else. I appreciate y'all letting me on. Um, yeah, we got Jeremy in the waiting room. What's up? Okay. Um, the way Munkin runs this office, this may be far-fetched, but is there a chance possibly that Brock Bowers gets into the Heisman talk? Because that guy is yes. the most dynamic player on the field. But there's going to be games like, what, last week? I don't think Bowers was really that involved just because we're spreading the ball all over the place. But this kid is a game changer, and I think he should be in that conversation. Talent-wise, yes. I don't think he'll end up with the production because of the right, attention yeah. that he'll draw. Like, I think it'll be a lot of kind of like the Oregon game to where the offense still ran around him. You just didn't see yeah. it on the stat sheet. Yeah. And, they, yeah, and they don't consider blocking the way he does downfield. They don't care about that, even though that's a huge part of his game, right? Yeah. I mean, if Stetson wins it, it'll be in a large part because of Bowers. Sure. But I, I think that's a quarterback award unless it's a weird year and there's no amazing quarterback. Devontae Smith is kind of the outlier. Lamar yeah. Jackson in his one season, it tends to be a quarterback on a contender. And so to me, so it's – the guy. I'll bow out with this to the guy who commented to open this thing, you know, and get the yeah. thing on it. Um, I'm I'm a professional here. It's 4:52. I'm pacing myself, so this is coming. Hey, out of there the you go. All right. Hey, well, you you have a good time with your uh, boys up there, Eddie. All right, thank you, boys. See go you, dogs. Yeah, man, take it easy. I do think the Heisman race is down to three three players already, and I think it's Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Stetson Bennett. Speaking of, how are <laughs> the uh, how are they doing today? I'm going to look that up while you guys are talking. Did, did, Alabama? did Kyle Pitts get into the Heisman race? Not really. Not really, no. I mean, because he was putting up some crazy numbers. Everybody was talking about him the whole time. So. But Trask got some of those votes, if you remember. Yeah. Oh, so Bri- Bryce Young, 5 of 8, one interception, one touchdown for 94 yards in the second quarter against ULM. I don't, I don't think Bryce is going to repeat, but I'm just saying because he's the Alabama quarterback. No, trust me. I get it's a, it's a quarterback thing, yeah. but I'm thinking – yeah. If but if you put together some clips and a lot of it is about exposure, you know, who are you watching? Are you watching this guy week in and week out? Bryce Young, they watched him, you know, make crazy plays and watched him, you know, defeat Georgia in that SEC title game. Uh, and that's what people, I mean, people watch the quarterbacks. That's why it's a quarterback thing. But if you're, if every one of Georgia's games is nationwide and you got enough pundits watching it, you know, and you keep seeing crazy plays, you know, three touchdowns and stuff like that from one guy, and everyone's talking about him, and he becomes kind of the face of your program, or at least one of the faces. Then you at least get into that conversation more. But you saw who made the biggest jump, even though uh, Brock had a pretty decent game. It was right off the bat was Stetson Bennett. So at least in the kind of the Heisman jockeying, if you will. So uh, I can definitely see Stetson. I mean, Stetson had a, a Heisman-worthy performance today. Not saying he won it today, but you got to on, on those each game you have to put up some numbers. And you know, over 300 yards all of total offense, three touchdowns. That's what you got to do to stay in the race. So, but I could see a lot more people kind of graduating towards Brock Bowers, and if he keeps you know doing end and arounds, rushing touchdowns, catching you know crazy catches, you know, hell special teams. I can see a lot more people going, you know. This guy could be in it, but 
I'm with you. I think Stetson Bennett's our guy right now for at least the closest one. Paul, I want to uh, read a quote here real fast, if you don't mind. I'll share it on the screen, yeah, too. Man. Anthony Dasher, our own, tweeted this. Kirby Smart said that he talked to the team before the game about how it had not flexed its, quote, composure muscle. Branson Robinson then stood up and flexed his arm and said, this is what composure muscle looks like. <laughs> There's no way that's real. This is a check mark from Anthony Dasher. He works with us. Do you want to call him? <laughs> Could you imagine the freshman running back standing up and, and flexing his arm and saying, this is what a composure muscle looks like? If it's Branson Robinson, I've seen, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's right. That's what a composure muscle looks like. Listen, I, want, I want to read this one more time. Kirby Smart said he talked to the team before the game about how it hadn't flexed its, quote, composure muscle. Said Branson Robinson stood up and flexed his arm. Said, "This is what a composure muscle looks like." One of the one of the more shy guys, but he's obviously that's how you step up and be a leader, man. Even though you're a freshman. I mean, I know you said you weren't thinking about football players in the shower, but if you were, no, no, jeez. <laughs> oh God! So uh, that's that. Rick Sanchez is waiting there. He's like, "No, that's real, but I'll take it." Yeah, there's no way. I mean. But Dash isn't going to tweet out something that's not real. I mean, I'm sure Kirby said that. I mean, unless just... I'm missing some context somewhere. And you know what? If if I screwed up and the internet made me look like an idiot, great. That was worth it. That was that's crazy. Cause because Branson doesn't take it doesn't look to me like that guy that's gonna stand up in front of the whole team and then just flex his muscle and say this is it, it was probably a joke, you know, and everyone right. teases him about because you know they they've actually made him cut back on the amount of weight that he can lift, you know, right worry about him getting hurt. So when a guy's cut like that, somebody probably goaded him or, you know, pointed at him or something, and he pops up, you know, hey, coach, this is what it looks like. And, and everyone laughed, you know, and I could – a little levity there, but to the, to the point of being composed and show Thank that you're you actually are. listening. Thank you, Wallace. You're actually listening to what the uh, coach says. You know, you're paying attention in the team meeting, you know. But they did. Very composed. Like you said, what, three penalties? Uh, you scored on most of your drives. I mean, it was – 100 minutes into the game before you even needed to punt. Then your punter booms one. Now, you didn't have good coverage on that one, but point being, there was some um, – this looks like a complete team. Uh, Paul, you were saying at the beginning how they didn't have the same number of penalties that uh, uh, Alabama had in that first game. You know, they, this team looks really well composed, and your offense is doing whatever it wants. We saw a bunch of busts on the defense in game one, fewer in game two, fewer in game three. So, good luck, Kent State. I mean, they're, they got a good team, but mm -hmm. they're going to roll, and then Georgia's going to roll through Missouri. And I mean, it's going to be a it's going to be nasty. I said uh, I, I didn't see anybody doing their secondary predictions inside this score prediction, so I didn't put one in. Mine was going to be three sacks and six tackles for loss. I didn't get the sacks; there were zero sacks, but there were six tackles for loss for Georgia's defense. Uh, again, it's going to be. I wouldn't say a national narrative, but you listen to sports radio. It gets to be Thursday. There's not a lot to talk about. They're going to bring up the fact that Georgia didn't have a sack. Uh, it's just going to happen, right? Roddy's going to get calls for you know radio spots. Dane's going to get calls for radio spots. I'm going to have friends call me because radio doesn't want to talk to me. They're going to ask me. Nobody about, does. They're going to ask me about these sacks. Whoa. Pause. Um, and what happened? You know, there there weren't any sacks today. Guys, tell me I'm wrong, but 
I don't know if Georgia can win like this. I mean, zero <laughs> sacks. How can they, uh, Dane? This is sustainable. Zero sacks. That's a That's picture of Cash Jones. Cash Jones played meaningful snaps in the SEC, and maybe he'll do more. He's a good player. I'm not trying to disparage him. Georgia's fine. Running game's fine. Sacks are fine. Yeah, but that's not his question. His question is talking about the whole sacks thing. When you send – look at the number of times they did send people and give Rattler credit, he chunked the ball away. But what on one of those times when he had a guy in his face, he threw it to Malachi Starks. Well, that's what I'm saying. Two interceptions. The point being, he's just chucking the ball away because they're almost getting to him. So, you know, we we opened the show earlier talking about would you rather have a sack or would you rather have an interception? You know, I'd say some of that depends – you know, kind of where it lands on the field. What what's it going to be? Uh, I like the fact that you know they they sent heat. Pop was coming through the a gaps. Malmonda went after him. They sent guys off the edge. They they pressured him and made him make mistakes. Now, to me, if you don't get sacks out of it, but you pick up three interceptions, which Georgia had, I'm like, oh, okay, three interceptions is better than you know three sacks. So and three yeah, dominant right. wins without a sack. So yeah. like yeah. Can they win? They have one. They play bad teams. You know, they have one. Mike Williams has one. Uh, but yeah, like to your point, Luke Doty's interception was going to be a Ryan Davis sack, but he threw the ball away. Yeah. Spencer Rattler. I know one better. Yeah. I know one of them was going to be a sack. I don't know if the other one was going to be a sack. So there's two at least sacks that you could have had, but you didn't. I'm just saying that's what the that's what the media is going to kind of run with. Because I got nothing else. But, yeah, you're right. I I got nothing all week. So, you're right. Some of this is an offensive reaction to Georgia's defense from last year, too, which is saying, if we hang back here in the pocket, Georgia's going to sack us. So, this is something that we can manage to do that. And South Carolina's game plan today was, we need to get our defense off of the field. So, on offense, we not only have to get the ball in the quarterback's hands, but we have to keep the ball a lot. And so – I think that's why you saw throwing a little bit faster and throwing the ball into coverage and avoiding the sacks. Because if they got behind the chains, it was going to be three and outs and their defense without five starters, which Shane Beamer mentioned seven times in his post-game news conference, um, was going to be on the field more. And they couldn't survive that way. Let's bring in Jeremy real quick. Hey, I'm going to slide out, guys. Enjoy, Jeremy. See you, Dave. What's up, Jeremy? going on guys man just just a uh, another lovely saturday another uh absolute ass kicking administered by our beloved bulldogs <laughs> uh yeah, yeah man i i don't uh if i'm gonna overreact i guess you know just totally unacceptable man S- seven points <laughs> letting 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 those letting those uh you know i don't know 20 30 south carolina fans get down there and celebrate that single score that's just totally unacceptable, guys. I'm going to need them to run. Uh, I'm, I'm going to need them to roll the field starting Monday or Tuesday whenever they go back to practice. That So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to get to that. That So uh, you probably didn't see it, Roddy, because you were with Coach and you guys are talking and things like that. But their student section, which what was left of it, it was like 30 or 40 kids, maybe 50 if we're, if we're being nice. They all kind of gl- globbed into this ball, if you will, and when South Carolina was going to score the touchdown or when they got into the red zone, it was it was even funnier when Georgia got the pick because they all moved down to right behind the goalpost. They were going to celebrate. Georgia got the pick. They looked deflated. 
but then they came back. So like they kind of dispersed a little bit. And then when South Carolina came back on the field, they all globbed up together again. And with that touchdown, they're like, yeah, oh my God. Yeah. But it was, it, I mean, for that stadium to be as full as it was, and then to be left with 30, 40, maybe 50 kids sitting there yelling because they scored a touchdown with a minute to go was it's kind of one of those things where if you're Shane Beamer, you have to maybe sit back and be like, damn, um, all right, well, I had the support of this whole this whole school. Uh, there was 30 people left to see me here at the end. You know, and that's that's where this defense is at. Like we've, you know, like I've talked about with y'all before, man. Like it's outside of a team named Bama, you know, last December. Any other team, it's such a Hercu- uh, where how, however you say it, Herculean effort yeah. to score on this team that you're celebrating when you score against our third teamers, man. Like how great is that? Like, like, yeah. Yeah. It's just a great feeling. And, and you probably felt a little bit deflated Jeremy because Georgia gave up the points, even though you won by 41. Uh, There was that disappointment right there at the end, but you know, just once the initial shock and disappointment settles down and then you realize, you know, you come back down to earth a little bit and then you realize, man, like, those 30, 40 students are celebrating scoring on our third teamers. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Offensively, uh, what I like seeing is I think that you are really seeing the, now the third year of Munkin's scheme being into place. You're seeing the, the fluence, the fluency of the program of the, of the guys, they know his system. They know what he wants to do and they run it as nearly flawlessly as is possible. And I'll tell you, you know, with the same quarterback, Jeremy, you're right. And again, I'll you know, you're agree with the same I'll, guy for, instead I'll, of, having I'll get change. in line. I'll get in line. Like, you know, like Eddie has said, others, have, you know, one of the other guys has said, you know, being one of Stetson's biggest critics. And now, man, like, yeah, I mean, if he goes down, man, you know, I feel confident in Beck, but man, like his escape ability, like his immediate, his ability to plant his foot and then get away from somebody and he doesn't look like it. That's the thing. He doesn't look like he's a guy that can get away from you. But man, he's so deceptive with his speed. Uh, and I, you know, I was talking with another guy about this. If I know he's not the sexy NFL prospect that, and that's what everybody loves, I think. But if the national media, like if you're not a national media member and you are not pushing Stetson Bennett for Heisman, I think you're off your rocker. Like here's a guy that, you know, comes in, helps lead his team to a national championship last year. Decides to come back, possibly go for two, and then, you know, and if they – should they do that? You know, we're going to be driving down Stetson Bennett Boulevard somewhere. <laughs> I mean, seriously, don't – I mean, I would think – Hey, I've seen like T. Martin Boulevard, earned, baby. I feel like he's already earned a street named after him. If he gets two, I mean, how are you not pushing him for the Heisman if you're a national media member? Oh, and well, th- and the I, third thing on that is you're actually putting up Heisman numbers. It's not like he's like, oh, well, it's a good story. You know, I mean, remember, we talked about this last week. Heisman voters are just barely more intelligent than pun scum. <laughs> so a lot of it is like, well, did he throw for 4,000 yards? Well, he's got 900 yards of offense through three games and a ton of touchdowns. He's putting up a 75, 80% completion rate. That's in other words, he's putting up Heisman numbers. So that can offset the fact that he's got a great backstory. They fall in love with the backstory, but they want to see those crazy numbers. And right so far he's got them. 
Yeah, I mean, he's right there. He, he didn't hit the 300-yard mark today, Jeremy. He got only 284, but he was taken out, you know, 10 minutes into – or six minutes, five minutes into the – Then add his rushing quarter. yards. <laughs> and then you – I was going to say, you get his rushing yards, which he had do, 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 36. So with a touchdown. So he's over 300 there uh, for total yards. And he has to keep adding – and for whatever reason, it, it's again, it's because it's Stetson. It's not Caleb Williams or Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, those big name guys. He's going to have to keep adding these Heisman like plays yep. to his resume. He had one today with the touchdown run where he yeah, stuck, his, stuck, his, stuck his foot in the ground and got field. Great play. Well, don't, don't remember the one where he dove into the end zone. They said he was a yard short. Yes, you know? that could have been another one. That one and that and then could have been another guy on a block on the end of the round. Because didn't uh man, I'm gonna feel pretty stupid. And didn't Kendall take that touchdown from him? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Kendall ended up punching it in the next play. Yeah, yeah. So Kendall got that touchdown from him. He would have had four touchdowns today had he just stayed in bounds a little bit. So well, and I and I love the smarts he has. You know, I've seen more guys doing it, but I mean, you see him take off on a scramble. And before he runs out of bounds, he remembers to stick his, his the ball the, the ball out just to try to gain that extra yard, you know. Just to, I mean, putting his offense in a more manageable situation if it's not going to be a guaranteed first down. That's I mean, what more can you say about the guy? Well, yeah, your your baby's your baby's shouting it too, Jeremy, saying, "Look, Stetson's the man." Man, he's he's he's. We've been barking this afternoon, man. <laughs> hey, you're, you're gonna rename him Stetson. I might, I might. <laughs> Come on, man, commit to it on the show right here. Yeah, yeah, right here, right hey, now. We'll, uh, we'll help that's you. Gonna with the, the, that's gonna be our new promo. Is you get to rename Jeremy's baby. Man, yeah. rename, man, renames his babies. <laughs> yeah, it'd be on national news, Jeremy. Um, you better hope. You better hope he wins a second national championship and doesn't squander this season. Well, if you rename him for him, then Stetson will have to put him through college. Yeah, that's only fair. As a, as a name tag, that's only, yeah, that's only fair. Uh, so, all right, Jeremy. Uh, what else you got? I was I was texting just real quick. I was you know I was telling yeah, you last week originally from Tennessee, and I had I was texting with a friend during the game, and he was you know he was just commenting. He was talking about what we said. He goes, "Man, that's just so great that y'all can get your back your backups even a buy in, no matter what the personnel or situation is, no matter what the uh, what's going on. You can get your backups to play that hard to keep the shutout going." And then he just adds in. He goes, "Man, I'm glad we don't play y'all till November." <laughs> Who is he? He's a he's a Tennessee Vols fan. By, by November, that defense might really be looking really good. Uh, that's what I'm thinking, so, <laughs> the, the offense is already rolling. You get that defense together by November, it might be over. Uh, they might be all meshed together really well. Might have more than one sack by then too. It might be crazy. I don't. Know. That'd be great. <laughs> it might be up to three. Yeah, might yeah you might you might be up to three by that game, and uh, one one every three games that that'll do it. Yeah, that'll, that'll <laughs> hey, work. rolling up you know 40, 48 to nothing leads, you know what? I'll sit down and shut my trap. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, exactly. guys, y'all take care. Right, out of here. All right, brother, take care of that baby. We'll see you soon. See you next week. I know you need to add some of those. Um, some of the comments onto the screen, but I do want to mention our friends at the Rogue Shop and tell folks about a great uh, offer they have going on right now. If you go to the Rogue Shop, okay, rogueshop.com, and you use promo code UGA Sports, 
very simple. No spaces, UGA Sports, all one word. They have a deal right now on their uh, Delta 8 THC gummies. They have it on their uh, pain creams and their tinctures and all their CBD products and the fun THC products. It's 25% off. If you were to go on the dog bin right now and read the reviews of people who have taken these things, who have tried them, they rave about them. Um, they, the, the, the reviews are through the roof. And I want to mention uh, Richard and the stuff he does. This is a guy who was a former uh, college player, a guy who joined the military. He was in a lot of pain when he came back from a deployment, couldn't find anything that uh, helped him out. And then somebody said, look, try these cannabinoids. They're anti-inflammatory. And he's like, wow, this actually makes me feel better. So he's like, why is this available for everybody? And then he started growing his own stuff. He started processing it. He and his wife pretty much make all of it. And of course, it's all legal. You know, now it may make you fail a drug test if your company checks for that. So be careful. But uh, we've had a lot of folks who've actually tried this pain cream and they just rave about it. I've got it right here. To use on my you, knee, I need a meniscal what surgery. Rubbing that on? Hmm? What you rubbing that on? My knee. I need a. I walk five miles a day, and my left knee is just it aches sometimes, and it takes down the inflammation. It just goes right on. But if I really feel bad, I could have one of those uh, Jelly Ranchers there, the fifty milligram ones. But again, try that when you get a chance. It's uh, people rave about the pain cream. People who've had issues with the other pain medications, they can't do it. And of course, they also have a sleep medication. So if you can't sleep. That's also a big deal. A lot of people say, look, I can't sleep at all. I'm having a hard time sleeping. They have sleep gummies that you need to try out. So hit them up when you get a chance. And remember, you use promo code UGA Sports and get 25% off a ton of their different products in there uh, at the therogueshop.com. Got one from Uncle Sam here saying, three games into the season, this UGA team is arguably better than last year's team already as a whole, especially the offense, totally off the chain. Who let the dogs loose? What do you what do you guys say in the chat? This is this team better, or I don't know how to put this. Well, we talked about it earlier. As a whole, I think your offense. Did your increase in off- offensive production make up for your loss of defensive production from last year? Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Has the defense been tested yet? Or have they just played three really bad offenses? Yeah, that's that's a good question. You know, and and the we're other not, thing we're is, not going to find out until they face Mississippi State. That's what I was going to say. When's when are when are we going to actually find out? We've got cupcakes for the next. What, the schedule looks just atrocious. Um, let me pull it up. Next week is Kent State. Then after that, you've got. Let me pull it up. I mean, it's just it's bad. Let's see. You've Kent got State, and Missouri. Kent State, Missouri. Auburn, which what are they doing right now? Anybody in the chat want to tell us uh, what Auburn's doing against Penn State? They got that game pulled up, and they got to show they're watching a guy limp. That's awesome. Uh, so we've got we've got a few people saying Nate's saying this team is more dangerous. Uncle Sam saying Oregon twenty four BYU seven. Uh, so now we okay. So we've got some we've got some folks saying Oregon's taking it to BYU. Oregon's actually good. Okay. Uh, I, Maybe, you know, let's see here. What uh, Brett Weimer, big fan, big family, says uh, to be determined. Let's get through Jack's Tennessee and Mississippi State. Fair. So, oh, Nate yeah. says Penn State's winning that game. 14-6 Penn State at the half right now against Auburn. So, there you go. 
I mean, Brian Hartson might not even be the coach by the time Georgia goes through them. So I don't think Auburn's going to be a tough test for Damn. Georgia. You think so? Dude, Ooh. you saw Nebraska fire their coach last week. That's one, two. That's three weeks away. Holy cow. Yeah, uh, that would be three weeks more than uh, Scott Frost would have gotten. <laughs> yeah, and Scott Frost is happy he got. And there's, there's no AD yet. there to protect him. Remember, the, the yeah. AD's gone. So, yeah. That's former said they're struggling bad. So, uh, my point is, it's it's to be determined. There was a question on uh, Twitter about this show. They said, Roddy, is this Georgia team that good or are these other teams that bad? I'm like, I, it's tough to say. There's just not a big enough sample. I mean, again, you played South Carolina, who you knew was going to be a mediocre team that Arkansas destroyed, and they had a bunch of starters out. You played Samford. That's not exactly a big one. So your biggest test was that uh, Oregon game, and that was a first-year head coach. Yeah. So it you have not been tested yet, and uh, I guess we're not going to see that for a while. So. Indy Clip says, uh, Jeff Collins, your boy, Rockdale County, might get fired at halftime of uh, today's game against Ole Miss. Eesh. That's a program that just then, God bless them. They, they need to go back and get Brian Bohannon and bring back the triple option to the Blades. That's so I have a I have a really good friend who's a Georgia Tech uh fan, and he's like, Man, the only way we can win is if we bring back the triple option. Teams have to prepare for it in a unique way. And if not, we, we if we're gonna keep going out and getting these Jeff Collins and guys like this, it's it's not gonna work. Uh so I don't know. Well, real quick, the uh, problem with um, Georgia Tech right now is, is it's just not a football – it's not an athletic school anymore. They've worked so hard on their academics and stuff like that, and they're, you just don't have this huge fan base. At the University of Georgia, you've got, you know, 6 million Georgians trying to get into this school, and they've put out all these graduates who can help out with NIL deals and stuff like that. Do you have that at Georgia Tech? No. People come in from out of state. A lot of them, they get great educations. They go on to STEM degrees. They're not sitting there running a real estate agent or a, a lawyer, you know, a partnership saying, hey, let's, let's, go, let's go support the team. Let's go tailgate. So the fan support at Tech is not – they don't have the same resources to compete with a Georgia or Helen. Right now, Georgia State's catching up to them. Georgia Southern's catching up to them. It's uh, – it, you know, they just don't have that. They just don't have the interest. So they're not going to have a ton of money to go out there and hire a big name coach to bring somebody in. So I just, I'm not, I don't want to bury them, but I just don't think that I don't see a future, a big successful future for them. I think they're going to be a uh, also ran in the ACC for quite some time. I don't know what you're talking about here, Mike. Maybe you can help me around. He says, really? So what if they scored one touchdown? I'd be very upset if I did not get to play and we were winning 48 to zero. Shame on the coach if he did not see the starts in the fourth quarter. So, yeah. Yeah. He, he's sat a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I, I good luck to the guys doing the snap count this week. You know, oh, so, again, now, it can only be 70. Yeah, there's going to be 70 people. It's going to be close to like 68 again, like it was last week. It's going to take me six hours tomorrow to put together the PFF grades uh, because they played a ton. they played a ton. I can't, every every Cash Jones. I mean, every guy they threw in there. I was like, come on, man, why, why? Let's uh, let's bring in old Ben Choppy Bachman. You want to do that, Roddy? Sure. 
Ben Bachman on the phone here. Oh, there we go, Paul. Yeah, I am on the phone today. Don't have the, the laptop at the moment. Um, I will say, Paul, I was close. I, I think I told you I was a quality pick this game, and you kept telling me about the weather. And, I mean, you were partially right with Stephen Yakin. Um, but today, I'm starting to buy the Georgias as good as they were last year. I'm starting to buy into it because I think the offense is better. And I think the defense, the one thing I noticed that I don't know if people have talked about, was even in the third and even a bit into the fourth quarter, Kirby played a lot of guys who were starting on the defense still. He, he, he wants to give those defensive players reps. And I think in the long run that as long as they stay healthy, that's really smart to give them as many reps as possible, even in blowouts. But with the offense getting back a ton of snaps and the second and third string receivers a lot of snaps I think is good because I think the offensive guys are more experienced. But I think that they're so efficient this year on offense. And I really think that this is a Georgia offense that I would fully trust against any team in the country right now to potentially put up 30-plus. And I couldn't say that about last year's team all no. the time, even though most of the time I believed it. And previous years, like that 2019 offense, I would never believe that. That offense was dreadful for what it could have been. And I look now and say, man, they're the most efficient Georgia offense I've seen in some time. So I think this year they're as good, if not maybe even slightly better than last year. I'm starting to believe that. Talking about the heat, Ben, uh, Alex over on YouTube says, overreaction take, more players didn't puke today. Stetson was the only one playing hard. There's a, that's a pretty, <laughs> pretty big overreaction. I like it, Alex. I like it. He, that yeah. that guy gets the theme of the show. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he does. Or, or her, either one. Alex, is, yeah. a, is it could go either way. Uh, yes, you get, the theme <laughs> of the, you get the theme of the show for sure. And then Kirby was asked about that at halftime, Ben. I don't know if you heard him. And uh, they, they say, you know, Stetson was throwing up. And then Kirby said, yeah, he, he overhydrated, had too much water in his stomach. It sounded like something you would talk about, like a cow on the field or something like that. He was like, hey, overhydrated, had too much water in his stomach. So I had to get a little bit of that out. And it's like, who? Well, and then you're like, oh, yeah, Kirby is from, you know, Bainbridge. So he's, he's probably heard that a time or two. But I've never heard anybody say, yeah, I just had a little bit too much water in his stomach. Had to get it out. Have you, Roddy? I, I don't know. Well, I mean, what, what do you say he does before the game? He he, brushes, he gets a shower, brushes his teeth, what clips his nails, whatever, uh, listens to Bubbly and uh, listens to a little uh, uh, Biggie, you know. And I'm sure he's probably drinking. You get out there and all of a sudden start sloshing around, you know. Maybe he didn't eat. Maybe he didn't have a big breakfast, you know. Maybe he <laughs> skipped the eggs or whatever. And all of a sudden you get all that water bouncing around and you're, being, you're running for your uh, – your, uh, touchdown you're trying to get that score and the uh you're running for the heisman there well sometimes you just got to get rid of it and you always you always feel better after you puke could you imagine being the medical trainer student trainer that has to go up to kirby and be like yeah uh kirby he's fine just had a little bit too much water in his stomach he got it out though he's good he's all right kirby's like all right good thank you so much no, yeah, Ron Course is like, you know, you go tell Kirby. I'm not telling yeah, him. I'm not telling him. <laughs> yeah, I'm not telling him he has too much water in his stomach. Who's, who's yeah. the newest trainee? Yeah. yeah, hey, freshman trainer, come here. Come here. I guess you want to talk to Kirby? He's never talked to him before. <laughs> come talk to him. Go tell him that, that Stetson had too much water in his stomach and he'll be back out next drive. Like, and if you survive, man, we got something. Real, we're going to do something nice for you. Yeah. Levi Carter says, sounds like Ben after a night out. Man, that's the damn truth. That's the damn. I, I did have to miss a show for that one time, as you remember. <laughs> you did. <laughs> you remember, Paul. <laughs> you did. You did. What? Uh, Stetson for Heisman, Ben? Can we start that now, or or when can we start that? I think you can right now, a hundred percent. 
I mean, where's the, I mean, he's averaging over 300 yards a game, right? And he's got the number one team in the country. So I'll understand. I mean, he has a case. I think the UNC quarterback might have a shot at being the leader because he's putting up some numbers. It's Drake May, uh, Luke May's brother. I mean, yeah. I, I think right now he might be the favorite. Stetson is a finalist right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't know why you just completely cut off from your thought there, but that's okay. Oh, no, no, no. Someone just came in the room for a second there. Oh, you, you had a little party, Ben? You had a little kickback? No, 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 no. Not today. That's uh, such a lie. No, no, no. <laughs> I know she's not, he's not painting around the room. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's not. Whatever he's you not. There. We got something right here. Indy Clip said uh, ESPN just said that Stetson is the first player since Mahomes to pass for 250 yards and have a rushing touchdown in three games. And that's crazy because I think those Texas Tech offenses that Texas Tech offenses those, were crazy. Those, those teams throw the ball more than I think I've ever seen before. Like people talk about Mike Leach. Like well, actually Mike Leach started it, but I mean that's Mike Leach yeah. on steroids some some of those years with like Graham Harrell and I think Kingsbury, wasn't he the quarterback there, not just the coach? And they they threw the ball some games like 70 times, like multiple yeah. times. I'm like, damn. So that's pretty impressive. That's yeah, interesting. I'm looking up something because Dave McMahon had uh, he does that great stats uh, stats crunch and I want to see how many uh, yeah so Stetson Bennett had six career TD rushes he had what one more today uh, yes on that juke so that ties him with DJ Shockley he's tied for third all time Aaron Murray had the most with 16 Quincy Carter had 11 DJ Shockley and Stetson Bennett both have seven. He passed Hudson Mason and Matthew Stafford on the career touchdown rushes. Hudson Mason in one year had six? Uh, yep. Probably a lot of short line ones. Could have had some. Well, you know, he, he was a backup for a while there, too, and sometimes, you know, you let him in to punch it in. Yeah, true, true, true. Oh, good question by Nate here. Not to switch topics on you, Roddy, but what do you think about the running back room, Ben? Ooh. I have my thoughts. Uh, Roddy has his. What are yours? Well, I think with the running backs, I think Kendall Milton's a solid back, but he's not going to be your game changer type back. I think Dejon Edwards might be your best in terms of both running and receiving of the top three, which is shocking. I think Kenny's the best receiving back. You know, Kendall's kind of a power back, but I think Edwards is really elusive and he can catch it a bit. So uh, it, it's tricky because this year's offense is more pass heavy. So I don't stress the running back room as much, but also I kind of think Branson deserves a little bit more shine. He seems like he's getting better each week. So I think it's kind of hard because you kind of have to balance their touches pretty equally right now because I don't see a lot of separation, but I would probably play Kenny the most because he's been your most productive. 35 attempts, 208 yards on the ground, Roddy, three touchdowns for 5.9 average. You didn't have a guy that went out there and – Got you 100 yards, but uh, a lot of guys got over 30. You know, if you if you want to overreact, you could say there wasn't a guy that got over. Your, your leading rusher was your quarterback, but. I mean, know. if Brock Bowers is in your running back room, I mean, and, I mean, maybe he starts. <laughs> right, right. Well, Caleb Williams, know. super chat. I'll go ahead, Ronnie. Sorry. Uh, just want to real quick on the – I wrote in my column about the fact that a lot of those – things that we count as passes, Kirby Smart, those guys count as a rush. And I just asked Coach Donovan about that when we saw 
Stetson Bennett basically tossed the ball forward two feet. I think that was a uh, one that the one to Bowers. He did one to Bowers. Yeah, to, to Brock Bowers, and Brock takes it like you know eighteen yards up the sideline, and I'm like, okay, in the stat book, that's a pass. And so Stetson Bennett has these crazy uh, uh, pass completion percentages, you know, but it looks like, you know, and, and don't get me, and there's more receiving yards for Brock Bowers, but come on, man, that is a, that's just a forward handoff, you know, it's just a couple of But if you want to win the Heisman, that's a good way to kind of boost the stat. Add those numbers, but point being for the people who go, we're not running the ball enough. We need to work on our run game. I'm like, ah, that Kirby mentioned this last week, you know, that is a run game. That to them, that is a run play, and yeah. I like this because, you know, you have a guy cut in front of you in motion like that, and now all of a sudden you got to you got to send somebody with him because he might be getting the ball in a sweep. You know, when a guy's running behind you, well, and you turn and you toss it to him, well, everyone sees everybody in the whole stadium sees it coming. But when it's that quick, and lots of times they're you know going around the outside, you can cut back behind Big Tate Ratledge doing that same play, and all of a sudden you know you're inside zone and gone. So. Uh, I know a lot of people want to bang on the the sack numbers and the rushing numbers, and I thought you know after Arkansas rushed three hundred on on them three hundred yards worth, we'd see more traditional sets. But screw traditional. Maybe Todd Munkin's like, hey, we're gonna we in my evil wizard lab, we've created some you know forward passes quote quote unquote passes to tight ends and uh, wide receivers that they're basically run plays. And it's a new style of offense that teams are going to have a hard time dealing with. So, Caleb Williams, four ninety nine super chat says, "Can we talk about how epic Tate Ratledge's mullet is?" That's your guy, man. Best hair on the team outside of I don't. If Dane was on here, I guarantee we got a Cash Jones reference. Did that occur, Paul? Oh yeah, yeah. You talked about Cash Jones. Is is he my brother? I think Warren Erickson's his brother. I believe. Yeah. my, my guy get my relatives. I have it. I have it right here. Eight twenty one twenty two. Okay, Tate that's Rattler. my one take. I'm a little bit worried about. Um, Will be UGA's I'm best offensive lineman. By, by season but I, I'm worried about that one. Um, Should but, be. Yeah, Tate Rattler's mold's by far the best on the team. You, I mean that that's a lot of flow. I thought I don't know what happened to Brock Vandergriff's. Uh, he must have cut his hair or something because you do not yeah, see the cut flow it off. anymore. You cut the flow which, off, which, which disappoints me. You need, I mean, a quarterback with that flow is special. So maybe yeah. that that's why he's behind back. He needs that flow back. Yeah. I, you know, I like when you needed it, you ran uh, again, one of the more aggressive runs. We saw Kendall Milton basically run 69 and a half. He ran between uh, Big Tate Radledge and he ran behind Warren McClendon. You know, I like that 69 and a half. I like right, that. right there between them. And they just, and everybody, everybody in the stadium knew a run was coming. Georgia telegraphed, and they're like, we don't think you can stop. We're going to get a first down right here and just plowed right through them. So, again, that, you know, people, well, what, you know, why didn't they run it more? Well, you know, you don't need to. And uh, a lot of those other plays they considered, well, you're handing, basically doing handoffs to wide receivers. Denial um, Morissette got one. We saw the Brock Bowers one. You've, you've done it with uh, uh, Lad McConkie. And then for the first two games, your leading receiver was a running back. Telling you, this offense is a hell of a lot more complicated and a lot more yeah. uh, unique than a lot of people want to give it credit for. They're like, oh, he's dialing up some stuff. He's in his bag, as you say. Well, he's <laughs> I think uh, it, this offense is so multiple, and it's 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 going to give people a lot to study 
There's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of moving parts. And you remember there was a lot of teams that would work on misdirection. I don't think this is – and I'm terrible when it comes to figuring stuff like, stuff like this out, but I don't think this is misdirection so much as from every formation, there's so many options. What the hell do you concentrate on? And if need be, we're just going to turn and hand it to Kendall Milton or Branson Robinson or Dejan Edwards or Kenny McIntosh, and he's going to run behind Willick. He's going to run behind Truss. He's going to run behind Broderick Jones. They're going to come off uh, Cedric Van Pran's right hip, you know, and just punch it through. You know, punch it through the one hole, the two hole, three hole, wherever you want to go. We're just going to maul you. But we could do that, but it'd be more fun to have that two-yard little toss forward yep. and Vlad McConkey takes it at a dead run around the end. And, oh, reminds me, that first couple drives, the perimeter blocking, unreal. Absolutely unreal. Remember we were talking about that first uh, the touchdown that they had a, a couple weeks ago where Kent you Morgan. saw A.D. Mitchell kill a guy in the end zone, just mug him, you know, and then Brock Bowers drove his guy up into the stands at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The exact same thing, Lad McConkey downfield blocking, Denylon Morris set. I mean, uh, uh, Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, uh, guys, uh, guys just blocking way downfield. Kyrus Jackson had a guy locked up 30 yards downfield. Just damn. I mean, a Velcro lock, you know, a zip lock. I mean, dude was all over him. So I was like, this, that playing for each other. And you see when like uh, Dan Jackson gets an interception, the entire team just mobs him. Brett Thornton hits a big punt, they just mob him. You Cash have Jones gets that run, and everybody goes yeah, crazy. Cash Jones, everyone goes nuts. Uh, and you're talking. Uh, we had the guy talking about uh, Jeremy saying his Tennessee buddy going, "Man, your second team guys are dialed in. You have clicks on teams, but you know it's easy to have resentment against the starters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But when you have all these guys who have bought in and they're all rowing the same way and they all play that hard, the guys away from the ball, absolutely mauling people just in case it comes back this way, you know, and." I'm like, man, that's the type of leadership and that's the type of buy-in that even though you may have lost 15 guys to the NFL, you're still playing with that same mindset. And that's got to be probably Kirby's biggest relief because when you lose all those seniors and all those leaders, will this next group of guys buy in? And right now we're seeing – they haven't gone through adversity yet, but we're seeing some really good buy-in. When a guy comes in and uh, has a big play, the guy that's either behind him or ahead of him – who might be worried about the guy taking his position is the first one to swarm him. So that's just strong. Matthew Cotton says, thanks. This makes me feel like home. He gave his uh, vault and vent handle out on the, uh, on there as well. Oh, I, in will, Euro, I, will, so. I will add this though, because hold on, what's it, hold, on, Jimmy, hold on one second. Oh, Matthew, are you like overseas right now? If uh, let us know, you said it feels like home. You sent in euros. So I'm assuming you're overseas, uh, but uh we appreciate the donation, my friend. And if you are overseas, I uh, hope you come back home to us safe, my friend. Go ahead, Ben. Well, I was going to say, Roddy brought up the perimeter blocking, which I say this, the attention to detail is very elite, especially when it comes to this coaching staff, because I've said this in the past about like to an LSU friend of mine who, who went there, where they have a lot of linebackers who don't cover and corners who aren't great in run support and guys like receivers who aren't blocking on the perimeter, running backs and pass pro. When I see Georgia having running backs be good in pass protection, and I see receivers willing to block, when I see cornerbacks willing to come up 
and play physical against the run. And I see things like linebackers, like when N'Kobe Dean and Quay Walker and all these guys for how big they were, they were covering guys. Monty Rice against Jalen Waddle all those years ago, like 30, 40 yards downfield covering. You, you always think about some of these positions as usually, okay, they do one or two things. They have three to four things they have to do. And when they're that balanced doing them, that goes to show how good of a coaching staff you have that emphasizes it, and that your players are bought into doing it. So I think that's a special thing about Georgia that people don't really bring up much because that also is going to help them with NFL scouts because when they say, oh, this guy can also run block, George Pickens is pancaking people. When they say, oh, these corners Georgia have are going to come up and are going to help our run defense, that adds to their value, not just their combines and the normal things you expect them to do. So I think that's one thing that's really special about the team and the coaching staff. Well, that and, you know, just look at who's on the kick return. Branson Robinson. Mm-hmm. You have a five-star running back. It's this running special teams. Sonny yeah, Michelle was doing that right before he drafted, you know. That's, that's uh, what I'm saying. You, yeah. you have, but you have to have guys bought into that, though. You have to, you know, you're not going to get every five-star uh, running back to come in and be like, hey, just so you know, yeah, you've been the star of your high school team for the last four years. You're going to be on uh, kickoffs. Like, hey, uh, who did not throw a good block for Kyrus Jackson when he had his first kickoff return opportunity? Oh, I, I don't, I, I don't know. Jalen Carter. You have you a go. top five guy who is on kick return. Okay, That's what I'm saying, and Oof. he didn't do a good job, but at least he's out there now. And there are other times, I'm sure he just lays people out. As probably so used to guys kicking the ball in the end zone and not bringing it out that, you know, maybe wasn't focused. Especially, I think they were up, you know, 48 to nothing at that point or something. But point being, you know. It doesn't. If you're a superstar, these guys want to be on special teams, and it's uh, it matters. So when you have uh, Jaheim Singletary and Julian Humphrey, you know five star cornerbacks, Dalen Everett, guys like that, who they make the seventy man travel squad. A lot of times, that's not so much to really help out on the. I mean, yes, absolutely to provide depth, you know, because you got to travel with a bunch of corners and a bunch of wide receivers. But they've earned it because hey, I'm on punt safe. You know, I'm on kick coverage, I'm on whatever. And I remember the first play that we ever saw, or at least as I remember, was Sony Michelle dropping a guy on a, uh, a kickoff. Came down and caught a guy by the ankle and dropped him. And I'm like, wait, that's that five-star running back Georgia got? His first play ever was on a, you know, as the gunner on a kick team. So that's – yeah, you absolutely nailed it, though, Ben. We talk about just the – those details. Hey, they traveled with an air conditioner just in case it wasn't cool enough inside the locker room. They set up this giant ass air conditioner to keep the place cool. Uh, they they spare no expense and no details overlooked. We we featured uh, this week in their three two one column the fact that you know last year they had some guys doing yoga. Now they brought in a yoga instructor for Thursday afternoons to keep everybody loose and limber. They bring on uh, tech uh, people who are learning uh, sports medicine. They bring them over on Thursdays from all the technical schools in the area to give leg massages to the Georgia players so that they're all limber and loose when, you know, for their walkthroughs, you know, get all all that lactic acid and all that toughness is built up over the uh, four practices, get them all limbered up, send them, send them out on the field. So, and, but that buy-in on special teams on fourth string, and you're right. What was the number one problem been when, Alabama lost. What do they keep pointing to when the Georgia beat them the second time? Well, they got worn out in the second half. And, and you, they were the players, right? Mm-hmm. Well, 
Georgia threw to their freshman tight end and their freshman wide receiver and another freshman wide receiver and won the games with those guys. Now, you, you sure, you'd love to have been having Jermaine Burton healthy all year and Marcus Rosemey Jackson healthy all year, Kyrus Jackson healthy all year, Dominic Blaylock healthy all year, George Pickens healthy at all, you know, but you didn't. But those other guys came in and they got lots of snaps. So when you're seeing, yeah, David Daniel kind of gets um, burned on a touchdown, but okay, so you get burned when it's 48 nothing. Well, you don't want him to get burned when it's 16-13 at Mississippi State and he has to play. So you let those guys get in there and they get the snaps. And I thought it was a big deal that your punter, Brett Thornson, who comes to a different country, gets his first kick in the Oregon game when the game's out of hand. No pressure on him. It's, he's not kicking in the shadow of his own goal with his team down by four. You know, it's his, mm-hmm. uh, you can ease these guys into it because there's something, you know, you put on the pads and you walk out there in front of 93,000 people. And it screws with your head. So, but once you've done it a few times, you know, but hell, being on this show, you know, sitting here knowing that you've got, you know, 600 people watching or something, it's like, it could freak you out. But then after you've done it 10 times, 20 times, you mm-hmm. don't think about it anymore. So just like those guys walking out on the field, they're like, okay, my first, I did, I, we covered a kick. Okay. I didn't throw up. We're good. You know. And then, <laughs> right. you know, you play a few snaps against uh, Sanford. It's like, okay, I got a few snaps in. And then it it, it gets bigger and bigger. So all that rotation, I, I mean, they were rotating people in the second quarter. Uh, it just makes you deeper top to bottom. I think Kirby Smart, when he's talking to DJ Shockley after the game, it said, you know, what do you want to do next week, coach, with, you know, Kent coming in here and said, look, we got to keep going to this standard and we got to get our – I don't remember how he phrased it, but basically your backups – on the level as your starters and keep pushing your starters. So basically you can go in when you have that 70 man travel roster, every one of those 70 guys is just a badass, you know, well, hell, they all played today. And like Ben said, they, they all bought in and they all got experience so they can fall back on it. They have to play at Missouri at uh, uh, Kentucky, at, you know, at Florida, like, Oh, I've done this before. This is my first time going in. I hope dad's getting pictures of me, you know, in my uniform. You're not even thinking about that. You're thinking about going out and kicking someone's head in. Yeah. And Paul, uh, we'll add a score update. It's 38-7 with eight minutes to go in the third quarter, Oregon over BYU. So maybe that win's looking better for Georgia because people are talking about BYU, beat Baylor last week and could be, depending on if they could beat Arkansas, could be a playoff team with their resume. Well, Oregon's beating the crap out of them, so a lot of people that win could look right better. Now. Yeah, a lot of people in the chat right now are saying Oregon looks uh, like a completely different team. Thought this was funny from Tomahawk Dog. Uh, said Must Champ is like we are bringing our own air. I know how that visitor's locker room is. He, he would know. He's over there. <laughs> Marlon Green, part of the, part of the fam, says uh, Beck looked clean today as well. Very nice throws. Yes. Exactly right. You're back. Exactly right, man. Oh, I he like what Marlon weighs in. Marlon, Marlon knows his stuff. Yeah, Marlon does. Uh, Matthew says, Old Miss 28, Georgia tick zero. Ooh, damn. It's getting ugly over there. Tech is ugly. Uh, I've told you this so many times, Paul. I don't know. They're, 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 I don't know why people would even stress them at this point. Nine minutes left in the third, Roddy, 28 to zero. Oh, boy. And you're on ABC, too, man. That's just. Hey, that hey ABC we, we, still got, we still got Grady Jarrett. <sighs> And we got uh, Jill Arrington. So, yeah, because you're not going 
you're not gonna be able to claim uh Jeff Collins from much. You got my mom, she went there, class 76. There you go. Yeah. So an illustrious but, alumni base. Yeah. Uh Ben, we'll let you get back to your uh your darty. Do you know what a darty is, Roddy? Are you hip on the words? No, I'm not. Day party. Darty's a day party. Yeah. That's terrible. No, it's, it's what the kids <laughs> came up with. It's a, so like instead of being like, hey, let's go party, and then you have to think, are they think are they talking about at night? Are they talking about during the day? And you never have to think about this. Hey, let's have a party. What time? Two o'clock. But no, so you don't have to. That's too much communication between these young, this young generation. No, it's you I'm with you. Right right darty. No, we're having a darty. So come on over. We still got to know what time. It's frat boy boy language. We're having a party. What time? Two. That's more concise than we're having a darty. What time? Two. Paul, you weren't a part of the frat? You you weren't a frat boy? You you seemed like that. Dude. I came from from the rough and rowdy of Monroe, man. They they don't want me no frat at at UGA. I think he was (laughs) a hood, man. Yeah. I I I didn't have the money to get into a frat. Um, but no, have, enjoy your, enjoy your darty, Ben. We're going to bring on uh, the doctor here and uh, take your spot. So have fun on your darty. All right. I'll see you, Paul. Thanks, Ben. See you, Roddy. We'll talk to you later. You guys have a good one. What's up, Brent? I'm just enjoying the, the education that I'm getting. <laughs> you need to know this stuff. You got kids, man. Yeah. Your kids are going to be like, Hey dad, we're going to a darty and you're going to be, I got to go buy some merch first. Yeah. yeah. Your, your kids are going to want to go to a darty, and you're going to be like, well, all right, cool. And then you're going to realize what it is. It's a day party, and you're going to be pretty upset. <laughs> I bet you I bet you we got some folks in the chat right now that, are, that went to a darty today for a noon kick. I guarantee you. Very much uh, so. Didn't and they had fun. Really? They probably really yeah. enjoyed themselves, too. Yeah. Anthony wasn't, but wasn't. Uh, yeah, Eddie, Eddie had a darty today. Yeah. It's exactly what Eddie and them were doing. They were dartying. Um, 37 to seven right now, Oregon over BYU. Good God. Uh, Brent, initial thoughts from this 48 to seven, uh, schmack and Georgia put the Shane Beamer in the Cox. All right. So here was my five points in the post game piece that will at some point run here shortly. Wait, are you giving away our free content or private content? Okay. I'll cut it down then. Uh, no, no, please do. Hey, <laughs> for the folks that are watching the post game over reaction show brought to you by ASW Distillery, the most awarded craft whiskey distillery since 2018 at the prestigious San Francisco World Spirits Competition. It's like the national championship of the spirits industry. Shout out to ASW Distillery. Please drop by any of their three tasting rooms in the Atlanta area. And also brought to you by that nice cool shirt that uh, our man Paul Meharry is wearing from yes. 76. Seven Six Apparel. I like that. Yeah, club. But yeah, point being, if you tune into the show, and uh, we'll bring up the uh, uh, bring up the Seven Six site too, because yeah, I'm bringing it. I'm getting it. I'm getting but Brent, it. Uh, I want the reason I, I kind of spin it that way. I want you to. We we have a ton of content behind the paywall at UGASports.com. Your thoughts and observations, your good and bad, are all usually behind the paywall because it's high-end analysis. You get paid for your analysis. You've worked with Pro Football Focus. You know the game. You do our film breakdowns for us. And we actually have a uh, – we we do a column with you after every game, your thoughts and observations. It is a paywall-only product, but if you want to come out today for our people who are watching the Post Game Over Reaction Show and give them your thoughts, well, we'll just consider that a bonus to the people that are tuned in with us. That's awesome. With us. So – Here's a freebie, folks. Let's find out what the doctor has to say. Right before uh, you say something, Brent, okay. use code POS22. 
get you 20% off over at 76. What is it? POS22. POS22. I want you to repeat it. No. I just wrote it down too. Yeah. POS22 gets you 20% off. Put it in the comment section here. Yeah, put it in there. Well, we, uh, you know, you you guys already know about the 76, man. We rep them pretty hard over here. This one's amazing. Athens Hunt Club. Oh, I like 7, that one. That, that is a direct quote from Kirby saying that uh, they will not be hunted this year. So Athens Hunt Club, they've got some hats over there as well. And uh, Chance and those guys do a great job. Brent, sorry to uh, take up too much of your time there. Hey, What's that's your- what we do. We give the yeah, sponsors man. love. Uh, biggest thing is just athletes. Georgia has so many athletes at every level, at every position. They're two and three deep. Like I, I know I talked to a couple of different coaches last year, opposing coaches, and it's they're kind of like, hey, it feels like they're playing 12 on defense. <laughs> and right now it feels like hey, Georgia has an extra receiver to block on the perimeter. Yeah. Because Darnell kind of counts as two. Like it, you know, they're they're defensive line getting better. Brinson winning a lot of one on ones. Zion Logue even winning some pass rep, pass rush rep reps. Uh, Michael Williams, especially when he's on the interior. Like, and then you got Starks. He's better in the interior person. than on the edge. Uh, I, th- I think I just I think he wins more so there okay. right now because of the That's speed and quickness there versus. Uh, and plus, I, I just don't. I don't think they just turn their edge guys loose. It's rare that it's why Trayvon Walker was you know didn't have the sort of sack numbers that he had, even though he's the number one pick. It's just rare that they just say, "Hey, you edge guy, go win and do it however you want to." It's just not how they rush. But he's, when he's in the interior, a lot of times he can, and that's why I think you see him, Jalen Carter, things like that. But just the athletes that they have all over the field. South Carolina had some solid players like. Bell's a big physical, you know, got some speed on the outside guy. The Marshawn Lloyd looked looked really good, really healthy. Uh, yeah, you know, finally the, for him. Yeah, Juice Wells kid who didn't. I don't think he had a catch, but you know he had had 190 yards last week against Arkansas. The Wells had the long one down the sideline. The long that was one Bell. Bell, that's their tight end. Yeah. Uh, Zero. Their big tight end prospect that they have that caught over Kamari Laster. Yeah. But, that? Yeah. Yeah, he's really good. But, I mean, they have some guys. Yeah. But Georgia has all of them. <laughs> every, yeah. At every position and two and three deep. And that's just – it. it's just a mountain of that where because of that athleticism, you see a team, one, from the get-go, hey, we can't, can't help, you know, sort of stay on the field, so we have to – throw a fake punt, go forward on fourth and nines. Or, you know, we know we can't hang. We have to do these kind of non-normal things. And then, two, you they might get a big play, like the big play to Bell. But it's just not going to happen consistent enough because there's too much athleticism on the field. That's the biggest thing, biggest takeaway. What about uh, are you on board with Stetson for Heisman? I mean, I was on board with it in the preseason. Well, okay. <laughs> Every, everybody was right because it was plus twenty thousand. Okay, I mean, it, it, sure. I'm oh, saying you remember now. I made five predictions for the offensive side. One I got horribly wrong early because I think I posted that piece and Aaron Smith got hurt like two days later. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, uh, that so was that didn't work out so well. Yeah, that was bad. That was my fault. Completely yes. my fault. 
But the last one was, I think Stetson will be a Heisman finalist because I think when you watch these games, you see Munkin now with three years in the college game. And when you have that much time back in the college game where you can, where the difference between your athletes at Georgia versus, you know, 90% of your opponents, 85 to you know, 80 to 90% of your opponents is a big gap. You do things like pop passes. You do things like screen RPO game, you do things where it's just quick getting guys on the perimeter. And they are now exploiting that to the nth degree. And I also think they just, it's just their better players are out there. Like our better players are our tight ends and our receivers and Kenny McIntosh's receiver. So I don't really, the running game stuff, like, you know, everybody went, hey, want the running game. I don't worry about the running game do for that you, reason. Do you think uh, Todd Munkin is is getting the ball, like, to Stetson in those pop passing situations like that? It, when does it or does it turn into a, all right, let's start this campaign for Heisman. Is there a time that that happens? Like, or is it Munkin's just running his offense and he feels comfortable with the way it's running? And if he gets 300 yards, he gets 300 yards. There's no, there's no hidden agenda here. It kind of almost feels like there is though, like they're trying to really get him to push the ball downfield, but, and get him yards with these little pop passes and stuff. But that's just maybe me being paranoid. I don't know. No, I, th- I mean, I think it's, it's part of it because, I also think it shows that it goes to the passing stats. Right. Everybody knows it's a run. It's right. A, if you just caught it and went like that and stuck, stuck it out, it's a run versus the little pop pass. Now, I will say, uh, oftentimes, I know, I think West Virginia with Dana Hogerson kind of started that that against Clemson. Tavon Austin had like West Virginia three or four touchdowns. Always West Virginia. <laughs> Back when they thumped the Clemson in the bowl game. <laughs> but the key is that if they drop it, it's an incomplete pass. Mm-hmm. Like, and you don't have to worry about the ball handling. You know, if you if you mess up the ball uh-huh. handling, if your timing is off from a ball handling it's not standpoint, a fumble, yeah, it's not a fumble. It's an incomplete pass. And and that you know, second and ten there is better than second and fourteen. I got to f- fall on a bump, fumble. That kind of stuff. Brent, I want to ask you this. This is a theory that just kind of came to me as I was unpacking my uh, victory cigar here. I'll, I'll have a victory cigar as if uh, I had anything to do with it, but I just really like these cigars. So any excuse to have one is uh, taken. But I was thinking with all the, okay, the first two games, your running back was your leading receiver. And then you're handing off or, you know, running these toss sweeps. And so many times you're just giving the ball directly to Brock Bowers or A.D. Mitchell, Danalon Morissette, uh, Lad McConkey. Doesn't matter who you are, it's almost like your four wide receivers and your one and or well, your three wide receivers, your tight end, and your running back are all almost all completely interchangeable because you're going to hand it off to them, you're going to throw it to any of them, and it is this a new offense? Is this a new? You know, everyone has their, you know, the the fun and gun or whatever. You know, the all the new styles. I'm like, this could be almost. These guys are so athletic because you mentioned that. You know that just having the athletes. Brock Bowers can take one and end it around or reverse. You can throw it to him and he makes an amazing catch. You can uh, pitch it to him, you know, anything like that. So he can do multiple things. You do the same thing with Ladd McConkey. You do the same thing with Kenny McIntosh, obviously. 
it's just this offense seems so multiple. Is this a new style or is this just like I'm looking going kind of sideways, man? Just going, hey, I can do anything I want. I like that question a lot. A little bit of both. Okay. I mean, because no, I mean, no, yes or no, man. I'm gonna <laughs> pin you down. You don't get. Well, I mean, he he had. You could you tell did, he had fun today. Like you could tell sense. he wanted to have fun today. Yeah. Well, you know, Kirby's over there going hang fifty on them. Yeah. There's no question about it. But point being, it's just. And again, it's not like the plays are have never been run before. But just the fact that you've got so many different guys doing multiple things. You know, you can have a tight end who gets a handoff. A tight end who catches passes, a tight end who blocks, a tight end who, uh, a running back who's getting a pat, you know, a traditional handoff, a forward pass, you know, a little pop pass, a long pass down the sideline to a running back, you know, it's just uh, that kind of hey that nobody has. I don't say a non-traditional role, but they're all every role they have is so multiple, you know, and then guys are downfield blocking 30 yards downfield, you know, as if they were offensive linemen. I'm just thinking, man, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm, I'm screwed. I don't know how to stop this team. Yes, that is true. That is 100% true. But I think all of what you're saying mm-hmm. is because of two players. Okay. It's because of Darnell and Brock. Okay. If, no, that's if, those, two, if those two players don't exist like they do, you can't do all this stuff. You, you, everything looks sort of normal. I got you. And because of the uniqueness of those talents, because – and by the way, and that was one of the other things I wrote about, was Brock – like he, his completeness as a player is massively shining through in these first three weeks. His perimeter blocking is elite. His – I mean, just his totality of his game – He's an infinite better player than he was a season ago. He was still a freak athlete a season ago and made great plays, especially in the passing game. But the totality of his game is unreal. But those two guys, because of the combo of physical play, and if you don't have numbers, we will run it down your throat or we will just, you know, flip it to the back. And like the one one play early in the game, I think it was maybe about a 15-yard game to Kenny Mack. It was literally catch and just flip, little pass. But you got Brock on the outside. You got Darnell on the inside from a he ran two, between twin, two twins from it, and he runs right between them because of the phenomenal blocking from those two guys. And it's fifteen yards just like that. Instant. Yeah. I mean, that that to me, and I thought. I mean, you saw more empty in this game than you yeah, had. It was like four different times they went empty. And. Again, their versatility, the ability to you know go empty and throw to Darnell the ball in the middle of the field, throw it to Bowers anywhere. That's those two guys allow you to be the, to me the most unique offense in college football. Well, and throwing you know threat for a quarterback run too, you know, that makes it even more dynamic. The defenses are like, uh, okay, we got to we got to plan for this, we got to plan for that. And you're getting one on more one-on-one matchups. And if the guy's playing off, well, we'll just hand it to him, you know, or hit him on a quick screen or, you know, yeah, it's just a nightmare. So um, yeah, next point was, on the thing was somebody was asking know. what type of uh, cigar I was smoking at some. Oh, aren't those illegal to have in the States or am I? No. They are not illegal. Oh, sure. <laughs> they're, they're, you are allowed to bring them in if you uh, for personal use. You are not allowed to import them. They are Cuban cigars. You're not allowed to bring them in uh, and sell them. So import export uh, is 
that they are still on the uh, not, not boycott. What do you call it? Embargoed. They're still embargoed. But hmm. if you buy some at a duty free shop, uh, you're allowed to bring them in for your personal usage. So, uh, well, excuse me. I mean, that's, I do, hey, I, learning all the learning I'm doing. The first you know, in, I'm like, I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna get arrested. <laughs> and they're like, no, dude, that's just you know, if you don't bring in 50 or you know, or five pallet fulls, then it's okay. I don't know. KDDSDB <laughs> says, yeah, they're contraband, right? <laughs> I don't well, know. Well, well, there'll be one less after in about 10 yeah, minutes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? What else you got, Brent? Uh, pressure. Lots of pressure applied. No, scratch, Brent. Don't give me that garbage. That was literally the first line in the in the piece. Was if your friend at the water cooler says complains about lack of sacks, tell them to hush. That pressures matter more. Pressures are more stable as a metric, and that's that's going to show up more on a consistent basis. And I think by my sort of count as I'm going through the game, their QBs were pressured on at least at least fifty percent of the dropbacks. It might be a tick wow. or two over that. Wow. And, you know, that was, you know, coming into the game, their offensive line had done a whole lot of nothing. And it was in a matchup you had to take advantage of, and they did. And Rattler got rid of it most of the time, you know, the way – so you didn't have the sacks, but consistent pressure. And I think you're going to have probably Dumas Johnson and uh, Smile Munden be the two guys who lead the team in pressures. Uh, in this game, because both of those guys, and I think that was that was sort of the fourth thing I had was Dumas Johnson. Like, yeah. played his tail off from the first snap. Yeah, first guy called out. A few over pursues here there, but as a one on one solo tackler guy, he's phenomenal. He's relentless on the running game. Very physical. They call him Pop for a reason. Yeah, because he's forty five years old, <laughs> and he's re no, relentless say, as a pass rusher. Yeah, there's there's now 19 different reasons why he's called Pop. One pops up every week. It's because he's old. It's because his grandma called him that. It's because he can rush the passer. I mean, next week it's going to hey. be because he likes Pop Radio. He's a big fan of Britney Spears. So they call popcorn. him Pop. Like, yeah, yeah, he, he's a huge popcorn connoisseur. That's going to be week six. I mean, we're going to have we're going to have eight or nine different reasons why his man's called Pop. Yeah. Now, he said as his mother started calling him that. So, and, but anyway, who's gonna I mean, argue with him? No. But I, I just mean, love like, the fact that when we got the, the picture we had of him at that school he was in, he's like in a shirt and tie, and he looks like he just uh, was named employee of the month at uh, a regional car sale, car salesman, you know, a car dealership. So uh, I'm like, that dude looked. I mean, and he just remember last year that like. One of the first scrimmages, he had this snatch out of the air on an interception. That video leaked, and then he got into like the first time he got into the game, he actually had Makes an sense. INT. That guy has just been a um, whirlwind waiting to happen. But that does bring up, like you said, the pressures. You know, the uh, I was mentioning it earlier in the show. I'm like, yeah, you're not getting any sacks. But I mentioned in my column, if we're going to talk about who said what, I said. What, when I talk to people about Spencer Rattler, they say, well, he can't play with a hand in his face. It's got to be clear. He can only run to daylight. He doesn't really make people miss. He'll run it if it's wide open. But if you can get a hand in his face, he will chunk it up for grabs. And what did he do? They got a hand in his face, and Malachi Starks walked out of there with a ball he almost returned for a touchdown because he threw it up for grabs. So, yep. I mean, again, they, they, these guys like you that do the scouting, they're, they're not they're not wrong. They, they know what happens. And Coach was pointing out on the show that the guy always rolls to his right, you know, and 
sure enough, how do they blitz? It's like when you're sitting back there and you're uh, pop or you're smile Munden and you're going to go, you're looking to uh, how to get in the backfield. Well, the guy goes to his right. I'm going to go in that left a gap, you know, hit it. So yeah, I think, I think the pressure is Georgia did dial up the pressure. They brought the house multiple times. They may not have gotten him, but they made him run for his life. And you think about just even there's that there's that awesome picture. <laughs> Tell me, it doesn't look like he just won. He just like, got nominated to the vice president of the secretary of the North Northeast region of Hertz Rent-A-Car. Paul, did you watch the show? By the way, the HBO show about that school. No, I did not. There's a there's a docu series on HBO about the St. Francis Academy there in Baltimore. They're uh, pretty good, went. right? Oh, they're phenomenal. They're a nationally yeah. national powerhouse. Yeah. And like Blake Corum from Michigan, Chris Braswell that's out Alabama, they were seniors on that team. I think he was a junior on that team. So I don't know that he was really featured a lot uh, on the show, uh, but oh. he was still a big time player uh, for the, for that school and that team. But you know, you're talking about pressures, Roddy. I think on average, I I don't know if I have the college numbers, but I, I'm pretty sure the NFL number off the top of my head is right around 40 points in terms of passer rating goes down clean pocket versus pressure. Yeah. Like just, it's a massive drop in terms of that. Well, we were talking about uh, somebody, we started the show with, would, would you rather have an INT or a sack? You know? And I said, well, to me, it depends on where it happens. You know, sometimes I want a sack to take somebody out of field goal range, uh, you know, or if you get a long bomb interception, well, then I don't know that that's any different than a punt. You know, I, I kind of get, if you on third long and the guy heaves it down the field and you get an INT, that's great. But what if you could have sacked him and uh, now all of a sudden they have to punt and you, you gain 20 yards on it. So, but most of the time you want the INT, I get it. But going back to the whole thing here, if you can get that pressure, was it two years ago that they, they were measuring how many havoc plays they had? That was the, the word they talked about nonstop is havoc. We need havoc. Yeah. Dan Lanning was talking about it. But how many times did they pressure the quarterback? And if you're pressuring the quarterback and they threw three INTs today, I think I'd, I'd take the three INTs over three sacks because, you know, especially when they where they happen on the field. Hey, as the great Dan Quinn would say, it's all about the ball. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. That, that was a whole lot of sarcasm. I don't know if I could double. Still, that, that, was his, that was his thing. We can you can be fired too. I mean, <laughs> here's some updates on some. Here's some updates on some scores, guys. Oregon thirty-eight to seven right now. Two minutes left in the third over twelfth-ranked BYU. Old Miss taking it to Georgia Tech forty-two nothing. About to get into the fourth quarter there, and then Penn State is over there in Auburn twenty-four to six in the third quarter. So who gets fired first, uh, Jeff Collins or Harson? That's what everybody's. That's what everybody's chatting about right now in the. Uh, in the chat. You know, shout out to uh, Brett Weimer, Uncle Sam, Marlon Green, Caleb Williams, Nate, Levi Carter, uh, JQ, KD, down south Georgia boy. So uh, Chris Matthew Daniel, Gary Holt. Hey, Gary, appreciate it. Uh, uh, and Georgia National Champions 2021, whoever that is. We run that count. So uh, knock on Woods, Matthew Cotton. Uh, Matthew was our. Nice guy. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Dyer. Jeff's a big fan of the show. We appreciate him tuning in. So, anyway, shout out to all the folks over there. Sorry we can't get all the messages on there. Uh, Paul's falling down in his duties. 
I'm, <laughs> I'm over here looking up pop pictures for you. Yeah. Um, so, so, Brett, was that all I got, you? I got, I got one more. All right. Give it to us. So, the totality of the QB play through three games, over 1,100 yards, six That's touchdowns, good. no picks, 80.8 or 0.6% adjusted completion percentage. So that's like drops and throwaways. You take those out, like actual passes you tried to complete, 80, almost 81%. And 10.2 yards per yeah, 10.2 yards per attempt. Like How the quarterback that? play right now, Beck was he that will be his highest PFF grade that he's ever had. How, how good how good is that uh 80% when you take all that? Obviously, it's is it like borderline amazing? Is it Great. Oh, just it's for frame of reference. That's up there in terms of the nation. Okay. Nationally. I figured it so. was, but I just I just didn't know if that was the that was the case or not. And what'd you think of Carson Beck today? Best he's looked. Just looked like two different level, guys, ripped it. No hesitation. Looks so good comfortable as, as he has. compared to where he had mm-hmm. been. I mean he should he should have had a touchdown to uh Morissette. Yeah. yeah, he had one touchdown. Bell. He should have had two. Well, I know that well, Bell got interfered with on in the one. And then Morset dropped that one. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was right. It was a beautiful ball that he threw to Morset. Yeah, and that was it was a rocket shot. Remember, yeah. this was a guy who when you know won a national or won a state title in Florida. He's a bad dude, you know. And then I don't know, I kind of wrote him off because he was having he was struggling so badly at Georgia. You know, he was a number two guy, but the stuff I was hearing was not good. And I'm like, man, they're, I, don't, I don't say they're going to run him off, but I'm like, they're going to tell him, look, we don't see you playing a whole lot, buddy. You're just going to have to, you know, you can, you can stay here, but we just don't see it. Right. Well, they actually said that to Stetson Bennett, you know, two years ago. We don't see a whole lot of playing time for you. We got Jamie Newman, then we got Dwan Mathis, then we got Carson back, you know. We just don't see you getting any playing time. And then Jamie Newman opts out, Dwan Mathis folds up, and Stetson Bennett came in to save their bacon. But point being, uh Man, we, we were hearing Carson Beck looks a lot better. You saw him in G-Day, looked a lot better. What I saw today, granted, it's South Carolina with all those guys out, but that was a guy that looked very cool, calm and collected. I loved the run. I mean, he threw some great passes. Don't get me wrong. But I love the run because if you're a defensive coordinator and you're thinking, oh, well, they've, they've gone to Carson Beck, that's a pocket passer. We don't have to worry about it. Yeah, JT 2.0 maybe. Exactly. Send the backside pursuit. We, we got this guy. Hell no, this guy's going to run to the outside, drop his shoulder, and lean on you. So, basically, he has formed himself to the offense that Todd Munkin wants to run. He, to me, today, guaranteed he gets to see the field a lot more in the future. That guy strongly cemented himself as a great option at Georgia. Now, granted, it's late in the game. You, you know, It's not a great defense that you're going up against. But you, at least if you're going up against a crappy defense, you should torch him like he did. And he drove down the field. He had that long bomb. Man, I'm like, yes, this is this is what we want to see. You know, I mean, the, the guy pulled him down as the pass interference call. But I'm like, yeah, throw the throw the 60 yard bombs when you're up 38 to nothing. That's good. Keep doing it. Or 35. <laughs> Here we go. Before you leave, Brent, I really want you to chime in on this because this has been a debate in the chat, and it's a bit kind of a debate here. Roddy disagreed with me a little bit, I think. He didn't right. come out. He, no, he didn't come out and say it, but he, he looked at me weird uh, when I was saying it. So uh, KDDSGB says, me debate in the comments section. 
my thoughts are Edwards and Robinson appear to be the better pure runners. They both look more explosive and elusive than Kendall and Kenny. Thoughts, gentlemen? Uh, kind of agree. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I, was, I think it was last week that I came on and said, like, I need to see more Branson because I, I think he could be somebody who – he looks like somebody who can go take it 40, 50, 60 yards himself. He has that extra gear, man. And we talked about it last week with Kendall. He stays in that same gear. It's all- uh, Kendall, Kendall last week killed it, man. Come on. Nice. He had 85 yards on 10 carries. I'm not, I'm still I'm Eight still and not, half. I'm still not sold. I'm still not sold. Branson to me looked today like the like the best running back Georgia's seen all year in the way that he just his explosiveness. That was that was by far the best performance, even though he had limited carries. It was the me. fourth quarter. Come on, just, but it's not. I'm talking about just his explosiveness. I'm not, not watching Kendall Milton for me specifically. I would. I'm gonna pull a Coach John in. What's he always say on the on the show, Roddy? Socrates. Roddy, you're wrong. Know that you're, you, no, you're right. talking about. Roddy, go what the hell are you saying? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what he says on the show all the time. Yeah, but he always says, "Know thyself," and I think. You watch Kendall Milton, and he he always seems like somebody who's, in his mind, I'm 5'10", 190. But his body is 6'1", 215, whatever, 220. Like, be that guy. Yeah. He, he looks like he's trying to, you know, his feet makes, make moves, make people miss, that versus just be physical and, and north-south guy. And I think that's where – Zamir took the lat that step as a senior last yeah, year. He did where he stopped trying to be this guy all the time and just was I'm going north south, making one cut and going. And I think if you get more of that from him, I think he will look the part that you are sort of wanting that to look. But it, it just watching him, it seems like especially in the open field, if he's got a one on one matchup, it's like oh I need to make this guy miss as opposed to I'm just going to be big and stiff arming or run through him, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'll, I hate to see a guy that size all of a sudden start chopping his feet. Now, remember, they tell you, chop your feet, chop your feet, and little, and little League and stuff like that. I'm like, no, I want to see you stride. I want to see your left foot, you know, a yard in front of your right foot, long strides going north-south. And if somebody has an angle on you, try to beat them. Try to drag them. Don't try to cut. Now, we work for um, – uh, Stetson Bennett, when he juked a South Carolina guy out of his shoes, that's, that's fun, and you get oohs and ahs. But when you're a running back, man, I want you hell-bent for leather going north and south. Worst-case scenario, the guy locks up with you, but you have enough head of steam that you drag him, and you get five yards on that carry. You know, A lot of times you'll run through that tackle, but if you start – all of a sudden you see their feet going side to side, as you mentioned there, Brent, trying to juke them out. Well, now you've lost all your speed. Now you're trying to beat him out of a uh, – you're much slower, and he's coming forward. You know, and yes, he's run up to you, and he's told to break down. So now you're almost at a stalemate, and it's just he's going to get you from the edge, or maybe you get past him, but I'm with you. So my thing, I would – I don't want to disqualify Dejan Edwards and uh, Branson Robinson just because they were, you know, they're running in the third and fourth quarter against a team that has been given up. But we called it out on his first couple runs that Kendall Milton looked like he did against Oregon. I thought last week he looked great. 
He looked yeah. angry. He looked like that long strider north south guy. This week he was kind of back at it. And then it wasn't every run. But there are a few times I'm like, man, oh, he's got the first down. And no, he doesn't. I'm like, wait, you no, had he's the first he's got down. two yards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you just where, where are you dropping that shoulder and just making those guys tired of tackling you? But explosiveness, I'm giving that to Dejon Edwards. That kid comes out of there like out of a slingshot. It's just well, with Kendall, I mean, even with him, you're talking about a guy who just, I think last week, went over his 100 carries in his career. Like, and we yeah. were talking last year about how Zamir and even Cook, as an interior runner, took this big leap as as a senior. Like, it's an experience thing as much as anything. Too. Yeah. Learning, you know, the style, learning where how where it is that, you know, hey, I need to cut and accelerate here. A lot of that's just natural and certain guys, they walk on the field and it, comes natural and they go excel but others that especially in this offense when it is true pro style in a way it's you know there's some learning curve there and you know you're still gonna by the way he's probably gonna end up at double digit touchdowns no he's gonna get the goal line yeah he's gonna get the goal line he's gonna get the goal line stuff yeah well if he start if he runs like he's capable of he, he doesn't need him to go line. he'll score from the 30 you know this yeah. is a great offensive line and again there's gonna be a lot of situations where it's just him, all he's got to do is make one guy miss, and that guy's way downfield, you know, because they've spread out the defense. So yeah, but week one and week three, he didn't make. Week two, he did. Right. So let's see. You know, I I wouldn't say sound the alarms, take him out of the lineup, take him out of the rotation. I'm just saying there there are areas to. But see. you show him that on the film because you're gonna you think Del McGee's gonna be like, okay, you did a good job this week, right? Like, Look, why are you chopping your feet here instead of getting up getting up my field? Yep. You know, he's in – I think – Brian, do you watch Hard Knocks at all with the Detroit no. Lions? Uh, Deuce Staley in the first preseason game for Detroit, absolute lit DeAndre Swift up, ripped him out of the game and was just in his throat, you know, bleep, 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 about not cutting up on a, on a counter run. I mean, it's it happens even at that level. So, yeah, you know, those guys are always going to constantly be coached up, but – he, no, you're right. In terms and, of change, he, no, it's that guy. He's there. He's going oh, yeah, to be yeah. there. And, and remember, in California, words. you know, it's tough to break all these years of habit. He would juke everybody. I mean, he's bigger, faster, stronger, and he could put his foot in the ground and make a guy go one way and he go the other way, and that turned into a touchdown. So he's trying to produce. But you, eventually it takes a while for them to say, hey, I know what you're trying to do, but you see, do it our way. Or, you know, do, do it like this, and that would have been more successful. So, again, just like those guys we talked about getting their first snaps, you think David Daniels is going to make the same mistake on that uh, uh, corner route again? No. No. You know, when they show Kendall Melton and say, hey, look, you know, this could have does been David, a touchdown here, you know. Does David Daniels get a chance to make that same mistake? Oh, I'm sure he will. Yeah, yeah. Just hey, saying. I need to break. I need to cut out for just a second here, guys. All right, yeah. Uh, Auburn getting hammered thirty-one to six right now, Brent, by Penn State. It's not good. Let's go back to his question. Uh, Andy Smith said, "Hope you are doing well. Hope you are too, bud. We appreciate that." Nate says, uh, "Edwards definitely brings in a great three punch, no doubt. Definitely does." Here's uh, the thing: you're going to need them all. You're going to need, need them all. Don't you are? Like, doesn't matter one versus the other. You're going to need them all. You are. Uh, at this point, Nate says, is, is Beck definitely QB1 next season, Brent? Or is it too early to tell? Or You don't think Beck's QB1 next season? 
I, I don't think anybody's one of anything in Kirby Smart's world. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think I mean, it's I just, new, new season, new competition. Best guy wins. Fair enough. I, like every, that. Every, I mean, that's, that's 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 what he's about. That's the culture that he's created, and I think that that would be no different for that next season. William Carlin said, "Did they let Daniels on the bus <laughs> coming back from uh, coming back from Columbia?" That's good. That's good. I mean, yeah, that's what I said earlier. I said, you know, they had to sacrifice, uh, you know. David Daniel, uh, or yeah, Savonet. How do you say his last name? They had Sisabal to sacrifice him up in, yeah, Sisabal. They had to sacrifice him up in Columbia so Kirby could come home. That's my joke about uh, Alabama all the time when they're down bad. You know, he's like, All right, I'm sacrificing another DB at halftime, you know, and we'll see what happens. But no, yeah, you can see he was beating himself up about that a little bit, uh, definitely on the bench. But I, and that's that's one thing, Brent, and we talked about it earlier. For those of you guys just now joining in with us, we're about to wrap up the show here in just a little bit. But um, was you left out of South Carolina winning 48 to 7, where in years past you just hoped to leave out with a win. And it all came down to like a third down where you had to make the stop or something like that. This year you won 48 to 7 and you probably could have put way more points up had, you know, obviously Kirby kept the offense in and things of that nature. But you won 48 to 7. You had 339 total passing yards on a 70% completion rating, three touchdowns. You had uh, 11 different receivers catch a pass. Brock Bowers went for 121 with two touchdowns. You had Stetson Bennett be your leading uh, rusher, and he had a touchdown, but you went 35 attempts for 208 yards and 5.9 average on the ground. I mean, both of your kicks were good by both of your kickers. I don't know, man. It, it just seemed like uh, the, the thing that amazes you, like when the lady asked Kirby at halftime, "Hey, what do you got? What, what are you? What can you nitpick at?" Basically, was what she was asking. Right. Yeah, she's like, yeah, our yeah. eye discipline's a little off. Yeah. If that's yeah. that, that's that, it. That's, that kind of sums it up. Yeah. Our eye discipline, you know, we uh, we kind of took a step out. here wrong, step there. I love how he said we kind of took a step back in the second uh, quarter. Offensively, offensively, you're already up yep. 24 nothing. Um, like Caleb Williams saying, guys, got a bunch of people watching. Go ahead and hit that like button for us. Uh, it helps out with the algorithm a ton. It doesn't take but just a second. Hit that like button for us, and it really helps us out, guys. It really um, does. It really, really does. Tulane beats Kansas State from old Matthew Cotton. Wow. Wow. This is and Kansas State just drove Missouri. Nice. Yeah, they oh they did. You're right. Missouri. Where let's see, Missouri. Let's see. Let's go. Let's go Tulane. Let's see. Missouri. They already played. Dang, they only beat Albaline Christian 34 to 17. Missouri might be a 40 point spread when Georgia uh, plays. Hey, I'm gonna, I'm, I might take the fighting Clark Lees in that game against Vanderbilt. Yeah. God almighty. Mizzou. What's happened to you, Mizzou? Oh, Vandy is winning right now against Northern Illinois 38 28. They're going to be three and one. I think their season total was two and a half wins. You're going to be able to cash that ticket early. Wow. Congratulations. Hey, I, we talked about around the league on Thursday. I, I was very impressed with the fight and just the pot, not just fight and we're still getting beat 50 to nothing fight, but actually scoring and doing things. 
So, KD says, uh, boy, uh, bet Luther Burton wishes he was in red and black now. Mm. Mm. No, he's but, putting – he had that uh, – was a punt return, kick return for a touchdown yeah, right off the bat. Uh, he had one today too. No, it was a punt return that he yeah. had. And uh, so he's he's making his NFL highlight reel and sleeping on giant beds made of $100 bills. Yeah, but boy, wouldn't it be nice to have him in there right now with A.D. Mitchell out. He'd be getting a lot of run, I think, uh, at that X. I don't know. Brent, what else you got for us before we let you roll out, man? Get back to, you know, That's living the dream over there. Get back to work. <laughs> got anything else, brother? No, no. That'd be it. All, All right. right sometimes you win. Sometimes you learn, Brent. Take it easy. That's right See there. You, That's right. There it is. See you, man. Yeah, Auburn's, Auburn's learning how to get their ass kicked. Yeah, that's uh, – what is the score now? 31-6, to six and, and it's the end of the third, and you're at home. True, and they just put in a they just put in a different quarterback too, Roddy. They put in Robbie Ashford. That's going to be a – four. oh, my God. 42 to nothing right now, Old Miss over Georgia Tech in the fourth quarter, 11 minutes to go. Georgia Tech has a total of – let's see here. I'm imagining probably, yeah, they've got less than 175 yards of total offense. 300 yards for uh, Old Miss on the ground. Guess who their leading rusher is at Old Miss, Roddy? Old Zach Evans. Remember him? Really? Yeah. Wow. Hey, I thought Zach he was coming Evans. to Georgia. Yeah, I thought he was too. Zach Evans, was, 18 carries, 134 yards, two touchdowns. I was reasonably informed that he was coming to Georgia by – People were screaming to me, there's a guy on the internet that says he's coming to Georgia. I'm like, okay. Who the hell is it? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you want to put a give me a name and what his sources are? And why is it when I talk to Georgia, they're like, no, we're 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 done. <laughs> we're done with the Zach Evans deal. So Man, that was that was still one of the craziest things ever when uh Deion Sanders was at that Under Armour uh All American game. And he did that interview because that was when Georgia had told Zach Evans, hey, we're not taking you um, due to X, Y and Z. And Deion Sanders did the uh, like public announce public decree, if you will, for Zach Evans and how good of a person he was and how, uh, you know, programs were missing out on him. And then he ended up at TCU. Now he's at Ole Miss. So. Mm. Well, hey, uh, that's standing up for a player worked out pretty well. You know, when all of a sudden I was telling everybody that the number one player in the nation was not going to go to FSU and I got lit up for it. Where'd he go play? Went to play for Deion Sanders. Well, Deion, I think, has already made a pact with Travis Huntner and his son that uh, wherever he gets his next job, they will be traveling with him. So yeah. I don't think I don't think Deion is is the head coach at Jackson State next year. There's going to be too many people calling. He'll be at Georgia Tech. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I said it. I called it last. I called it last week. Be at Georgia Tech, and that's going to be that's going to be fun to watch. You know, Ooh, from be at Auburn. I don't know if he wants that SEC smoke. I think, <laughs> I think I think ACC would would be just fine for him. He gets to do the whole ATL thing. He's a legend here as a Falcon. I think mm -hmm. that would be the best move for him. I don't think he wants anything to do with Auburn. That's just uh, Auburn right now is a bad spot. I don't I don't know if you're a head coach if you take that job. It, you're not setting yourself up for success. Well, if I were going to take that job, it's like, okay, who's my boss? 
is it the AD or is it the cabal of people in the smoke filled rooms who uh, all want to say <laughs> and how I run the program, you know? Yeah. And again, one of the things that Kirby smart, when he came over, he said, look, uh, I know how good a coach Mark Richt is, but I also know why we beat you guys. And I know what you can do. And I need a lot more resources than what you're giving him. One recruiting plane, that, that's not going to fly. I need the Kirby copter. I need, I need a, you know, I need to send my guys, my coaches all over the place. We're going to have to fly because we're going to be everywhere. And we need yeah. to take this recruiting budget and blow it out. And we got to do, you know, a million other things. And that's what it's going to take. And he got those uh, uh, guarantees before he ever signed the dotted line. So, uh, if you're going to go down to be at uh, Georgia Tech, I'm thinking, yeah, it's a step up from Jackson State, but I, I think Deion can wait for a better job. I don't know. It, Katie says uh, people are going to be throwing large checks at Deion, and we know he likes his money. He's right. Yeah, and, and I don't disagree with you, Caleb, saying that Deion likes being at HBCU. He has brought a ton of media, a ton of everything to HBCUs, which they, which they should have. Um and he's done an incredible job at Jackson State. Jackson State, I had a buddy I grew up with that went to play football at Jackson State, and he wasn't even really that good. Like he he was decent, but yeah. it was like, oh, you you went you're playing where Jackson State? Oh, okay, well that's cool, HBCU, but you you weren't that good. Now it's like they've got some dudes over there, and mm-hmm. it's good for college football. I just think that he's he's uh, he's eventually going to want to make a name for himself at a, at a big time uh, power five school and Georgia well, tech yeah. Road could be the school. He competed at the highest level and two professional leagues. Yeah. You know, this is a guy who wants, you know, and I can see again, I'm not taking this as arrogance, but he's proved himself. So mm-hmm. now he's a coach. What does he want to be? He wants to be the best damn coach out there. Yeah. So I could see him saying, okay, I'll take uh Harson's job. Cause again, you can be a, good coach and win games. You can be a great coach and lose games, but the, what determines in how successful you are in college football is how good a recruiter are you? If you're a great recruiter, which he is. And all of a sudden you surround yourself by people that know what they're doing. You know, that's why everyone's like, well, Jimbo Fisher's a great coach and he's a great recruiter. I'm like, yeah, but I mean, where, where the, where's that power staff, you know? You got, I mean, Kirby Smart had, what, three former head coaches on his staff? You know, when you've got uh, Mel Tucker, who's been successful, Dan Lanning, you know, uh, uh, Sam Pittman, you know, Jay Johnson was on his staff as an analyst. That's a great offensive mind right there, you know. So point being, you surround yourself with good people. And Kirby has, we talk about this team, you know, Kirby's team, They've had he's had coaches. He lost some coaches, but he's had coaching upgrades. Fran Brown, that's huge. Uh, Uzo Deribe, that is a star in the making. He's got his uh, outside guys playing like the hairs on fire. Um, Fran's gonna learn a lot, and they're strong on the recruiting trail. So you bring back Brian McClendon. I was actually looking at uh, pictures of Georgia versus South Carolina. You know, going back through some old stuff from like nine years ago. There's Brian McClendon on the Georgia sideline. This is a guy who's been an offensive coordinator. He's your wide receivers coach. So pretty strong. And not taking a shot at Jamila Dye or Cortez Hankton or any of those other guys, but I think right now your wide receiver group, I mean, your coaching staff is better than it's been. So you've got great talent. You've got great coaches. I mean, 32 years of offensive coordinator experience. on this. 
Mike Bobo is an analyst on your squad. Come on, man. Yeah. Uh, we, we definitely we definitely did, Caleb. We blocked him, so we got him out of there. Uh, let's see here. One last question. Let's see before we get off of here, Roddy. John says, Roddy, you got any insight on Eric? Uh, my source tells me we've seen the last of him. Uh, he's being treated. He had a, an issue that he needed to deal with as a personal issue. So, uh, Eric Gilbert, we broke the news the other day that, uh, he was not with the travel squad and, uh, not did make the travel roster. We did mention some guys to watch out for, you know, said, Hey, not that I said, Hey, watch for cash Jones, but we did mention he was going to travel. We mentioned, uh, you know, some of the young guys. Uh, hey, watch for Cash Jones. <laughs> Put them on the list. You, did. you I did. did. Nobody nobody knew he was going. We did. Uh, we mentioned, uh, you know, Denila Morissette, some of the younger guys that actually got into the game and played, you know, some of the fr- – because, again, that's the first time they had to cut the roster down to 70. And we found out some of the guys that were going. And to me, it's always very interesting if you're a freshman and you can make it, you know. Uh, Julian Humphrey, uh, Jaheim Singletary, those guys making the uh, travel roster is a big deal. So basically you got 15 scholarship guys who are not going, plus all these preferred walk-ons that aren't going. And if you're a walk-on like Cash Jones getting it, that gets my attention. So uh, we put him on there. But we the big news was that Arik Gilbert was not going. And um, he is uh, – let me – can you call up uh, what Dash said about it? Kirby, Kirby was asked about it. Let me see if I can pull it up. Dealing with some, uh, some personal issues, and that's what we're telling folks. Uh, I didn't want to come out and say, look, he's he's definitely not going because, you know, things can change the last second. I didn't have the travel roster. I couldn't know, but everybody that I was talking to said he's not going. He's not going. Yeah, so I, so, I didn't so want to say would, it before it happened. I just said, look, it's very, very unlikely that he's traveling. And, you know, a lot of people ran with that, that, you know, he's definitely not there. And then, sure enough, he wasn't. So he's not a uh, – uh, right now, I don't think he's with the team because I think he's do- dealing with some personal issues. And that's what happened last year. He was not with the team throughout the season. So I don't know. You call it a relapse or maybe something different. I don't know. I can just tell you that we knew he wasn't traveling. We knew he was dealing with some personal issues. Uh, what, what did he say, Paul? What, what occurred? Yeah, he said, said uh, quote, all I can say is he didn't make the trip for personal reasons. Smart said of Gilbert. I'm hoping he gets back with us. Pretty much what he said all last year, right? Yep. He's not with us for personal reasons. We hope to get him back soon. And then he would say stuff like, we're really praying for his help. Some things are more important than football. Yeah, we, we, we didn't go down that far today. That might be a no. Monday quote. It might but be remember, a Monday yeah, quote. That's what he was saying all last year is like, you know, uh, it wasn't like, when's he going to play football? It was like, is he going to be healthy? That was mm-hmm. Kirby's thing last year. So, uh, I hope to get him back, but right now he is out due to personal reasons. And, uh, right. Yeah. I'm hoping he gets back with us. That's a, uh, yeah. And there's rumors that he's not with the team and stuff like that. Um, you know, he's left No, he's, um, he's being taken care of. So don't read all the rumors. Everybody wants to, well, it's like with AD Mitchell. Okay. AD got hurt last week. Right. And yep. everyone's after Kirby says, well, he could have gone back in if he needed to. Well, no, he, he could have, and could have made it worse. But if you absolutely needed a guy with a bad ankle to go in, you can. Guys play hurt all the time. But when they looked at it, they're like, uh, this is worse. He was on crutches with a boot, like Monday. So what did we do? We went out and said, folks, or I think on Sunday, we said, there is not a determination made, although somebody had told us it's unlikely they would play this week. 
but they said, look, uh, Sunday, they're off. Monday, they basically do a walkthrough. Tuesday is when you basically you're going, you know, full pads and heads get knocked around, you know, and that's good on good for a while. You can wait and they never want to know Saturday after the game, what's going to happen, what's going to happen. I'm like, you know, we got two and a half days before you really have to make a call and he could miss Tuesday. He's a starting wide receiver. It's okay. And then come to find out that uh, he didn't, you know, Kirby said, look on Tuesday, he didn't practice yesterday. He didn't practice today. So at that point, then on Wednesday on the uh, press conference, uh, the teleconference, he said, he seems doubtful. Well, in Kirby speak, that means he's not going to play doubtful, you know, and we hope to get him back. He's not going to play. So like we told it after everybody came out and said he was fine. We said, hold the phone that hasn't been determined yet because we were being told that uh, there's a chance he'd be out. Plus there's still days before they had to make that decision. And sure enough, he's not going to play uh, next week either. You don't need him against Kent state, but he's not ready to play yet. He might not play against Missouri. He's still on crutches and a boot. So it's just. Um, it is what it is. It is. Yeah, exactly. It is what it is. You're still scoring 48 points. I'm going to say you're still scoring 48 points against South Carolina in Columbia. So, yeah. Roddy, I'm about tapped. You got anything else for the crew? No, that's it, my friend. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys watching. As always, go check out our sponsors, the76.com. Use code POS22 uh, to get 20% off your order. The uh, ASW Distillery got that good fiddler. And then also rogueshop.com. And if you guys could, before you leave, if you haven't already, I'm sure a ton of you have, hit that like button for us on the video. It helps us out tremendously. Share it with your friends. We'll also have the podcast up wherever you get your podcast from, the podcast version of this. So if you missed any of it, you can listen to it uh, tomorrow or Monday uh, on your way to work. We appreciate you so much. And uh, for Roddy Nabolsi, I'm Paul Meharry. Talk to you later on.